Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? Doc G, what's up, sir? How's it going for you, sir? Oh, it is going well. Yeah. To fairly well. Yeah. Is that a step up or a step down? Well to fairly fairly well, well I would say is a good is, is a that, good. Uh, is that below well or is that above? Fairly well? well is like a humble. It's like fairly well. Hmm. Fairly well. So you're just saying <laughs> it's, like, it's you're a doing gen- really well. You're saying it's just a gentrified well. You're not giving them the. I don't know. I I I feel like I would say it's actually below most of the time. If I were to say fairly I would say well. Fairly well is like somebody saying, I'm having the best day of my life. Really? (laughs) Really? I would think that was like, I'm doing really good. Like, that would be my (laughs) best. But, you know, I mean, I I guess you're thinking of the person that plays it coy. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah, the coy, the coy, the coy humble, uh, but like, yeah, they're having the best day of their life. Not showing all their <laughs> cards. They say fairly well, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they sm- fairly well smirk a little bit. <laughs> yeah, mm. poker face. Yeah. How are you, Mike? I'm I'm great. It's beautiful outside. I'm awake. I'm alive, breathing. Everything is good. It's always you? Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. You know, you got yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. repeat to yourself: today is a good day because I am alive. Yeah, yeah. We recall from last week, we could be that dead guy with a bad obituary. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we could. Better than that. (laughs) Always better than that. Um, Mike, sort of like that party in from last week, uh, I was reading the news this week. As you know, I like to read the news because I like to stay abreast on all of the current information. Hmm. It also stimulates thought, you know? When when you yeah, read the sure. news, you, you you have topics in your head, and you're like, that's yeah. What about that? So true. And I came across a headline that that made me think, yeah. What about that? And I came hmm. across the headline that said, how to know if you're a people pleaser, and what to do about it. Word. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the the article boils down to Natalie Liu who is a relationship expert. Mm. Mm. I don't think that's an actual thing, but that's what they said in the article. This is from Washington <laughs> yeah. Post. And uh, and basically, it boiled down to she was a people pleaser, and she's going to you know uh, teach you how to not be a people pleaser to cut that out, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so uh, I started thinking about this, and I was like, is, is that such a bad thing? Be people pleaser? Is that a bad thing? And like, so I Googled people pleaser. And when you Google people pleaser, it's just articles left and right of how to identify yourself as a people pleaser and then get rid of it. Stop it. Mm. <laughs> right there. Don't be a people pleaser anymore. Nope. You know? No way. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the listeners right now. There's a name for people that aren't people pleasers. Mm. Selfish bags. That's the name. 
Like, I hate to tell you, like, I, I get it. I get what they're, you know, trying to do, Mike. And I understand there mm-hmm. are people that go overboard when you talk about yeah, people pleasing. themselves. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're doing everything. You put yourself at risk for other people to be, you know, marginally happy. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I play majorities, Mike. I, I, I play the masses here, and I'm going to say the majority of folks don't give a f- anybody else. I'm going to mm. say there's 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 an abundance of people that are self-absorbed. That's it's what we do as people, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, for j- sure. Just sort of think about your daily life. Think about how many people actually ask you and generally care about you. Like, yeah, not my mom. Yeah, that's pretty it. much. That's pretty much <laughs> it. And then, you, sadly, we don't even care about that usually. Yeah, I'm fine, Mom. Shut up. Good Lord. Nobody Bye. cares. Jesus. God. Get out of my room. <laughs> we both we both live with our parents, listeners. Um, sad. 30, 30-something-year-olds with our parents. So true. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, the majority of people don't care what is going on with your life the mm-hmm. the majority of people uh are not people pleasers and so i i started looking into this how do we identify people pleasers mm. and the, yeah. there's all these websites that have these list of here's the signs of being a people pleaser and so mm-hmm. i started looking at these different people pleasing uh, uh signs and so Here's here's the first sign. This is from Psychology Today. Sign that uh, you're a, a people pleaser. Yeah. Decent source. Yeah, pretty, not bad. <laughs> you feel responsible for other people or for how other people feel. Hmm. Which I'm going to say that's not a sign you're a people pleaser. I'm going to say that's a sign you're not a psychopath. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Like I mean, if you're responsible for making a person feel, sh- shouldn't you probably be like, oh, that's not good. Like I mean, yeah. if if you call Sharon fat and ugly, and she gets upset, shouldn't you be like, oh, that's oh, I feel bad for Sharon. Not like her problem. I'm not a people pleaser. Screw Sharon. <laughs> like just seems a little weird, you know? Yeah. Here's another sign, Mike. Yeah. Another sign. Uh, you apologize often. Ooh, that's me. Ah, that's me. But uh, again, I'm going to say, like, that's an insanely relative sign. That's a fact. You know? Like, how often is often? Mm-hmm. What are we apologizing for? Like, mm-hmm. and what are we doing that requires apologizing? Like, all of these things I feel like are extremely important when we look at how often we apologize. Because, like, again, if I'm walking down the hallway and bump shoulders with someone, am I, supposed, am I like, supposed to ignore them and be like, F*** them, I don't apologize for <laughs> Like, again, yeah. I feel like you mm. need to apologize for some things. For sure. And I feel like in the world, I feel like a lot of people will misread these and see it on the conservative side and be like, um, I apologize way too much. I'm cutting that out. No more. Mm. Not doing it anymore. (laughs) Like, 
Yeah, not good. Another sign, Mike, you generally don't share your feelings with others. Hmm. Word. I think the big question here, Mike, is do the other people need to hear your feelings? Yeah. Very or true. want very to hear your feelings? You know? Like, I mean, am I supposed to just walk up to a random person and just start unloading everything that I've been <laughs> feeling? And then at the end be like, I apologize for nothing. Nothing. You should have heard all mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Take all that away like, with you. What the is that? <laughs> Crazy. Like, you know, it just seems like, again, these can be very misinterpreted by the wrong person. And I feel like they're misinterpreted by a lot of people, Mike. Um, yeah. I, I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you one more sign. One more sign. You rarely take credit or praise for something good that you've done. Hmm. Again, what what kind of arrogant sociopath just bask in the praise of an accomplishment? Like, it just seems so weird. Like, well, pretty common in show business, there, Doc G. Pretty common in the showbiz. Just like <laughs> Steve. Oh, well, like think about it in the business world. Like Steve, I wanted to commend you on this promotion to becoming manager. Thank you. I deserve it. Yes! I'm the best employee <laughs> this company has ever seen. And I reached this point with the help of no one. And I don't apologize for <laughs> nothing, everybody. <laughs> like, just, uh, like, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. All yeah, I'm saying, all I'm saying, Mike, is I feel like there's a little bit, that I, th I think we need to balance in the world mm -hmm. today this sort of concept of, like, self-care self-love, self-centered uh, stuff mm -hmm. with the idea that, uh, you know, we shouldn't be a You know, maybe balance those two things a little bit because I'm going to say it wouldn't hurt some people to try to people-please a little bit more often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think people pleasing has the negative con connotation to it. You know? It's just people the name. Pleaser. Yeah. yeah. How about people helper? How about people that? People helper. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. And it's sort of like hamburger helper, except in this case, <laughs> it's people helper. Any Anyways. <laughs> when I you have no friends, there's the people helper guy. <laughs> it's the people helper guy, and then he brings hamburger helper, and it makes everybody else happy. Yeah. There you, you talk go. about Life over hamburger helper. Neat. Here you go. <laughs> but it's seasoned. I love that stuff. And there's a weird <laughs> hand fella in there. I guess it's an uh, oven mitt. Isn't it an yeah, oven mitt? Yeah, it's an oven mitt. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, I'm just gonna say, Mike. Um, the world is made up with more people than just you. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a good idea not to love them off. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just it. With that, Mike, are you ready to please the folks that are listening to this show? <laughs> Let's get some pleasing stuff. Let's get some <sighs> pleasing content. Yes, Doc G. <laughs> All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Good news, Mike. We've got a lot of pleasing stuff. So true. <laughs> we have got some, we have got a very pleasing guest 
Today, I am very excited. Howie Spangler, a fantastic... I've got to even do my Conan O'Brien praise hands for Howie. Because he is, uh, man, just an entertaining fella. He's doing all kinds of stuff. He does a weekly live stream. He does solo shows. Of course, he does everything with his band, Ballyhoo. Uh, He's got a podcast. He's just out there getting it. Wow. And on, Good for him. on top of that, he's got a whole family. He's got two kids. Mm. He's got a wife. People pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He is. And he does it to a pretty good degree. Much better than you or I, Mike. Much better than you <laughs> or I. Most likely. Uh, yeah. But that's coming up. Until then, we need to start where we start, Mike. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Birthday that's suit. That's where we start. Um. I think you can get all, well, at least two. You can definitely get two. Uh, This first one, I I think I can, I'm going to give you one clue. I think you can get it from one clue. Okay. Tom Brady's wife. Hmm. Giselle Beckham. Close enough. (laughs) Bungie. Bungie. (laughs) Not Beckham, but close enough. Giselle (laughs) is correct. Yeah. There we go. Yes. Giselle. So let me give you a little synopsis about Giselle real quick, Mike. Uh, Born on July 20th, 1980 in Rio Grande do Sul, Brazil. At Mm. a young age, she dreamed of becoming a volleyball player. Uh, But her mom said, nope, I'm enrolling you in modeling. Mm. She enrolled her in a modeling course to teach her confidence and better posture. Mm. 1997, that was her breakthrough as a model. She posed for Dolce & Gabbana, Valentino, uh, Ralph Lauren, many others. She appeared in Vogue Paris, British Vogue, U.S. Vogue, and she was named the most beautiful girl in the world in 2000, which I didn't know was a thing, but apparently. I knew about the the hottest dude uh, deal. I didn't know there was just a beautiful girl, you know, the most uh, handsome man or whatever it is. Yeah, most... people, isn't it? People magazine, yeah, like, sexiest man, yeah, alive yeah. or something. Yeah, know. sexiest man alive. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I, I don't know. I didn't. George Clooney, lots of years. He and a hit lot of it. Years. Uh, <laughs> I think Brad didn't Brad Pitt hit it once. Yeah, Ryan I know. Reynolds, pa- yeah, Paul Rudd guy. was the last one. Oh, Paul Rudd, I yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. I, I, I would just put him as the nicest dude ever, but. Hmm. They put him as the sexiest. So there you mm. go. Anyways, she was named the most beautiful girl in the world, not the sexiest man in the world. That did not uh, happen for her. Uh, she signed a large deal with uh, Victoria's Secret for five years. In 2006, she started dating Tom Brady. They have two children together. Over the past 10 years, she's focused much more on her philanthropy and charitable acts rather than modeling. There you go. She has. She's gotten some things done in the old charitable scene, Mike. She's, she's sure. been doing it. Yeah. Turning. People pleasers. 42. <laughs> oh. 42. She looks. She's in her prime. Good for 42. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she does. Good. I Much. Said, I said that's so creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, she's turned into the. It's turned into the locker room, everybody. Hey, <laughs> uh, no, she does look good. She does look yeah, good. Yeah, she looks great. I, uh, no offense, but Tom Brady might look better. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, for he 45, does. holy <laughs> like he that does. guy. Good lord. Uh, and together, they're one of those couples that you're like, could you tone down, looking perfect? 
just a little <laughs> bit, both of you together. Sort of like Beckham, uh, you know, the Beckhams. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, great looking family, great yeah. looking couple. Yeah, I was thinking mm-hmm. when I when I wrote this up, Mike, like who was ultimately whose kids would turn out to be more perfect looking than uh, than the others, and I put up uh, David Beckham's kids, uh, Brad Pitt's kids with Angelina Jolie, and Tom Brady and Giselle's kids, and I was like, oh yeah, that's gonna be a it's a that's a toss up right there. Who's whose kids? Mm-hmm. Those, those are some perfect genes right there in all three yeah. of those as far as as far as kids. <laughs> My God, it's like everybody's CRISPR kids in the future. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> like oh, let's put these aspects in. Click click click. Ah, there we go. That's it. Anywho, forty two. Happy birthday, Giselle. Uh, go do some philanthropic things. Uh, yeah. Just rock it. Rocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what do we got, Doc G? What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, we're going to start here in Florida. Yeah. Good Interesting Florida. story. Interesting story. The folks at the restaurant Red Lobster were unpacking a container of lobsters when they discovered the shipment contained an extremely rare orange lobster whoa yeah yeah don't worry listeners don't worry they immediately got rid of the mistake they alerted the people at orange lobster restaurant down the street got it sent off everything's okay (laughs) (laughs) it's sort of weird (laughs) it is it is sort of weird that they're just like nice to the orange lobster that's it they because they they didn't kill the orange lobster and you're like really I'd be pretty pissed off if I was one of those red lobsters getting ready to be boiled alive. Like, what? He's got the red, the orange shell. Nobody gives. <laughs> Come on, that seems really unnecessary. Anyways, he uh, he's gonna live out his days in a in a aquarium or something like that. So there you go. Probably along with the blue lobsters that uh, get uh, put pushed to the side as well. Blue lobsters, <laughs> purple lobsters. I've seen a lot of different, uh, and they they all have some kind of crazy like this is a one in seventeen million yeah. lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, eh, really? Still, it's, it's still a, still a weird sea bug. It's yeah, just a different exactly. color sea bug. Anywho, uh, Mike England has a, uh, a heat wave going on right now. Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. There is an article in the Daily News that uh, was saying uh, British folks have been going on to social media and suggesting one of the ways to combat this to go commando. Mm. Word. Yeah, it's a little weird, Mike. Um, The people uh, in this article that were highlighted seem to be very attractive uh, British folks. You know, yeah. Almost get the feeling is that if I were to do the same uh, article, uh, same post, I would get zero likes for it. Probably <laughs> yeah. some comments of, please put your pants back on. Something <laughs> along those lines, you know? Just seems like it was very attractive, almost model-esque people that were going commando and that we're getting Hmm. lots of likes for this i also like in the title of the article it says experts reveal why going commando can help cool you down and reduce the risk of fungal infection then 
In parentheses, though, it says, but men should be careful with zippers. Yeah, that's true, though. That is true, Dr. G. It's, it's true, but I was just like, is there some dude out there that was like, oh, thank God. So they're telling me I shouldn't chop off my dong with my zipper. Well, okay. <laughs> I'll work on that. That like, I mean, I feel like it's one of those intuitive things that most mm-hmm. of us are going to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, I guess with the underwear, you get like an extra layer of protection against the zipper. You know, I don't know. It's just another step of the process that protects you from that zipper. That's a mm-hmm. fear. That's a fear mm-hmm. for for me, Doctor. Understandable. Fear. It's an understandable yeah. f- fear. I get you. Uh, Mike, have you seen that Ric Flair, at the age of 73, has announced he will wrestle one more time at nice. SummerSlam? Okay. Wait, I don't yes. know. Is Ric Flair a good guy? He's a, fa- he's a popular guy. <laughs> okay. He's a popular guy. Uh, Mike, I have a sneaking suspicion that this fight is going to take place at 4 p.m. on a Friday at a Golden Corral after they run out of prime rib. That's a fact. Mm. Uh 73-year-old dude, come on. Yeah. Seven, 73, Mike. Jeez. I, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, and obviously by your comment, you aren't either. Um, <laughs> not really. If you watch the Ric Flair 30 for 30, it is really good, though. Mm. You should check it out. It's it's really good. I am slightly concerned about his woo, though. I don't know if you know. He's the guy that woos. Oh Woo! yeah! Oh yeah! Totally yeah. different guy. Totally different. Yeah, guy. I was thinking of Vince McMahon. I was. Mm. I, don't know, I was like, well, I don't know why I was thinking. Yeah, no. Woo! Anyways, yeah, yeah. That guy. That guy. But like, I've noticed. You know, sometimes uh, when a cat gets old, they try to meow, and their meow doesn't come out. You know, <laughs> it's just like meow, yeah, meow. yeah. It's sort of what he's like now with his woo. It's 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 an outline of a woo. It's not a real. 73-year-old woo. It's not mm. it. Anywho, he's uh, fighting Mike, so if you want to catch it, SummerSlam. It's him versus Mike Tyson. They're trying to bring it's, it back, Doc G, these, these older guys, and I'm down with it, though. Well, it's it's, it's sort of like recycling movies. They're just like, all right, let's give it, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, they're going to like dust off like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in a little bit and be like, let's try him again at basketball here. They'll throw him in there. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. But... He, he's excited about it. And if you watch the 30 for 30, you you understand. Th- there's definitely no way he wasn't going to do this. He is that dude. Oh, okay. Okay. He's Yeah, he's much more likely to die in the ring than anywhere else. He just, <laughs> okay. He's got nothing else going on. He's committed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, have you spent the last several years trying to devise a plan on how to never buy socks again? No, I haven't. Okay. No. Apparently, Kent Slaughter has. Hmm. Kent Slaughter uh, is in the process of suing Bass Pro Shops because they're not holding up the end of their bargain of socks that have a lifetime warranty. Word. Yeah. This is an actual news story, Mike. Like, this is a national (laughs) news story. Uh, so at Bass Pro Shops, they sell a sock called the Redhead Lifetime Guarantee All-Purpose Wool Sock. Sweet. And as the name states, these socks are sold with a lifetime guarantee. But Ken says that's not actually the case anymore. 
that it used to be the case, but now they'll only replace the sock if you ask for a replacement within 60 days of first buying it. And then after that, they're going to be like, mm -mm, no, sorry. Girl, come on! Which obviously would not be a lifetime guarantee. Yeah, uh, no way. Ken bought 12 pairs of these socks Jeez. from 2014 to 2021, building his army of lifetime socks <laughs> that he would no longer need to worry about this heavy burden of how am I going to sheath my feet, you know? Mm. And he found out, and he got it. But then... In 2021, he went to return four pairs of socks, and guess what? They wouldn't take them back. Mm. And and guess what? Kent said, I'm suing you guys. I yeah. am suing you guys. Wow. So, <laughs> Mike, I think we need to address the bigger issue in this story. The Sue big culture. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I think the biggest issue in this story is... Kent, your life is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest issue here. Like, I've heard <laughs> folks with way worse lives than Kent. Mm -hmm. Health ailments, psychological disorders, yeah. family issues, economic issues. Mm -hmm. But your life is just sad, Kent. It's not yeah. it's just boring and sad. You really give this much of a f out these socks like you're like no this needs to happen like <laughs> and i know there are some people out there that are like yeah but like he shouldn't be suing about these i'm not even i don't even care about the suing like and even if he was doing it just to sue the company he spent seven years building these socks up that makes his life even sadder that he spent seven years devising the plan. Like, <laughs> can't just buy regular socks and move on. Just. Yeah, I think that's the way. Just go. Lifetime warranties are really 60-day warranties. Yeah. You know. Second, can you imagine the guy that had to deal, the dude at Bass Pro Shop that had to deal with Kent? Oh, <laughs> my Christ. It's like nine in the morning. This guy goes, uh, excuse me. Yeah, your employee over here won't let me return these four. And he's got his four crusty old pair of <laughs> socks that he's had for seven years. And you're like, what? Yeah, our computer says you can't return. I don't know yeah, what else. Sir, to... I'm 18 years old. Please. <laughs> he's also 18 years old. I work what in a store with a pond in the <laughs> middle of it, for the Christ's sakes. Good Lord. Just buy some fishing. Hey, it's an aquarium, Doc G. Those are nice aquariums. It is a too. learning like experience <laughs> yeah, for is. everyone involved. Anyways, Kent, good luck on your sad life. Good luck on getting your money back from Bass Pro Shops. Hopefully you can live in a world where you have plenty of socks to choose from every single day of your life. Mm -hmm. That's what we're... Yeah. Fingers crossed, Mike. Fingers crossed. Uh, Mike, a Virginia man this weekend won $100,000 from a scratch-off lottery ticket. He bought... Wow at a gas station and he Good said quote when i was leaving the store i had a hunch that told me to turn around and buy the lottery ticket 
Apparently, hunch also is a synonym for gambling addiction now, Mike. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. I really hunch. don't feel like it was a hunch. I feel like it was like I got it a, a craving. dollar <laughs> burning in my pocket, and I am going to buy this ticket. But yeah. anyways, Mike, he seems happy, and that's pretty good. $100,000 on a scratch. It's not bad. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yes. Another short one here, Mike. This is a short one uh, from Missouri. Uh, Yolanda Jones. Yolanda Jones went viral on TikTok when her video of going through what appears to be an abandoned Dollar Tree store went viral. She says in the video, nobody works here. They abandoned this mother. It's the video, and she's just walking through an abandoned uh, Dollar Tree, and it's pretty crazy. It's just like literally like they just got up and left. Weird. Yeah. Wonder what's going on. Yeah. Somebody's on break. Well, I mean, all of them were on break. I mean, like, can you obli- can you believe they would abandon like sixty dollars worth of merchandise? <laughs> it's insane. My God. Seriously. It is. Yeah. Like so true. It's like every time I go by the entrance of a Dollar Tree on the sidewalk and the doors open, I'm just like. Hmm. Cheap plastics, yeah. Yeah, nice. lots of plastics. That's good. Anyways. <laughs> good uh, place for candy, too, though. Good place for candy I, or chips. I or remember candy. back in the day in, uh, I think, middle school more so than anything, some of my friends would go there and get the uh, knockoff pixie sticks, the ones <laughs> that were in the plastic straws instead of the yeah, paper yeah, yeah. straws. The colorful, yeah. And you just chew on them. I don't know if you'd do that. Uh uh, I just put the whole thing in my mouth like a effing mouthpiece and then just chew <laughs> on it until it popped. Yeah. And all of a sudden it pops, and then you're just sucking on plastic that's flavored like cherry, and you're like, oh, delicious. Yes. Yeah, I think I probably may have done that. I don't I don't know, Doc G. I got a lot of plastic in my system, though, that's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're probably like 45% plastic. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere around there. Anywho. Uh, no, no, I'm sure it's fine. No, don't worry about it. We're good. We're good. Yeah, we'll be all right. Um, Mike, let's see here. Uh, do I have anything else before I want to go to break? Uh, you you want to do the miscellaneous file now, or you want to go to break? No, let's do miscellaneous. We do What's miscellaneous now. Let's, yeah. let's hop in the miscellaneous file. So, uh, one thing, miscellaneous. It's funny. Right before we came on, you were talking about uh, TMZ. Uh, I saw this on TMZ, and this wasn't really a news story, plus it was sort of related to you, and I was like, well, I'll bring this up in the miscellaneous file. And that would be uh, your former uh, co-worker, I guess you could consider that, and friend, I guess actually not co-worker, I guess sort of boss since he hired you to be the mm-hmm. opening act, but Joe yeah. Coy uh, broke up with Chelsea Handler. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, they said... uh, They they didn't really say, like, you know, why. I think it was more, like, speculation based on all of their... So No, no, no. No, that's right. There was a thing that said, like, a rep or something said they decided to, uh, you know, not be romantically. There was no, like, bad feelings, but they just weren't going to be romantically involved anymore. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I'll really be honest, Mike. I didn't even know they were an item. 
man. I did. I definitely yeah. did. But they were like doing these videos where they were like having like these fake fights. Like mm. they would do a video and it was it was funny. It but was it felt really a little funny. real. But you were like, yeah, yeah, felt, this, yeah. Is, this isn't sustainable. And you're like, oh, that cut yeah. deep. That one didn't yeah. feel like a lighthearted joke. There yeah. was some, there was some truth behind that bullet. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Well, apparently there was. Apparently oh, a little bit. Yeah, there was. <laughs> hey. Anywho, right, yeah. that's one miscellaneous file. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, Mike, was I was going down the sidewalk the other day, and uh, as I walk down the sidewalk, I usually people watch, and. Mm -hmm. um, I was people. One of my favorite things to do is look in the cars on the oncoming traffic and see how many people are on their phone, you know, uh, and just hey, oh god, I don't want to count know. the percentage. It's usually a high percentage. On a bad day, you can get above fifty percent. That you're like, well, that's probably not a good thing. That fifty percent are paying attention to their phone and not the road. But uh, on this particular day, as I was doing that, a lady drove by me wearing a N95 mask in her car no one else was in the car yeah now i don't know the backstory there you know mike i don't know like maybe she's coming from a clinic maybe she just had people in her car maybe she's picking mm -hmm. up people and she doesn't have time to like put the mask on but i'll just say Wearing an N95 mask in your car by yourself is about the same protective level of wearing a condom when you're <laughs> off. <laughs> like, it doesn't do much on the protective level. Mm -mm. Pretty unnecessary. Yeah. Just want to throw that out there to the listeners. <laughs> like, I just like, I like, I've seen it several times and I was just like, yeah. And I, I, feel, I, always, <laughs> I feel like there's a backstory. I do feel like there's something, like, they can't just be wearing it to wear it as far as the protective nature of it, you know? Yeah. I always thought they were just flexing when we didn't have masks and they were really hard to find. You saw people Boom! driving around in masks. Like, we get it. You have a mask. Or maybe, or maybe <laughs> they were like, they wanted to let you know they weren't wasting the opportunity. Like, I have a mask. Don't worry, guys. I'm taking full advantage. I'm wearing it everywhere. When I shower, when I'm at home, mm. doesn't matter. It's on. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, it's not It's not helpful, in case you're wondering, when you're in a car by yourself, Gus. That's not... Yeah. Doesn't do much. It's, uh, it's your germs. That's it. That's mm -hmm. what you got. Anywho, uh, Mike, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our guest. This is Ballyhoo with It's a Beautiful it's Day a beautiful right day. here on the Doc G Show. Feeling the sunshine on my face. It's a beautiful day. And I got some time to waste on this beautiful day. I hope it's just like this tomorrow. Beautiful day. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna wake up and get myself a cup of coffee Open the windows and the doors Baby, let's go outside I can feel the air, it's warm Let's go for a long ride The speakers are blaring a beautiful day Feeling the sunshine on my face It's a beautiful day And I got some time to waste on Like this tomorrow, beautiful day. Oh, yeah. 
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do we need to tell the listeners? Hmm. Subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to support. That's whatever what we you need. can do. Yes. Please us. Be people pleasers please. and please <laughs> me and Mike. We will reciprocate and we will yes. please you guys. Well, we don't know, actually. I mean, you could hate it, but if you if you actually want to please us, we'll know that we're pleasing you. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a circular idea, guys. Yeah, it's a very pleasing circle. It makes the world go round. That's mm-hmm. what it does. Yeah. So if you can, you know, uh, give us a five star on uh, on Apple, we'd really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Anything less, as Bomani would say, we think you're a hater. That's what we're going to think. <laughs> so give us a five, and we will be extremely gracious, and we'll shout you out if you're continuously listening, just like this. Here we go. Regulars, Mike. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom Rivers, New Jersey, Olivia Branch, Mississippi, and Los Angeles, California. Whoa. Okay. Shout out. LA, I told you. They only needed one more week. They're still listening, so we shout out. 
LA regular. Appreciate we that. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Good list. I, I started to trip at the end. It's getting long enough that I was like, mm -hmm. all right, let's get in the... <laughs> Lingual gymnastics. It's getting a little yeah. bit harder. Uh, Semi-regulars, Mike. You ready? Shout out. Shout out to Pensacola, Florida. Got a little panhandle love there. Mm. Richmond, Virginia. Jersey City, New Jersey. Asheville, North Carolina. Dorchester, Massachusetts. Zaragoza, Spain. Houston, Texas, Toronto, Canada, Baltimore, Maryland, Salvador, Brazil, Leashout, Netherlands. Mm. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Got some good ones in there. Some interesting yeah. ones. Dorchester. Always yeah. can't can't help but think of the departed anytime you get a very Boston located area. Love. Yeah. Love the departed. Such a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. Such a good movie. Mike. It's been a while. I was thinking about this, and uh, we've got the uh, we've got the band Ballyhoo coming on the show, and I was like, "What can we do to to spice things up? What is it that I, I haven't done in the show? Because you know we've been doing the show six years now. Jeez, Mike's been doing wow. it. By the way, listeners, if you don't know, we celebrated Mike's one year anniversary this past week. I didn't yeah. mention it on the show, so I feel like I need to mention it right now. Mike has been on the show as co-host for a year. One for year. a year. Give One it year. up. One Very year. exciting. And, and, and as Mike said, I sent him a text. I was like, oh, holy crap. One year anniversary. Mike was like, doesn't feel like one year. And I was like, it doesn't, doesn't. feel like it. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's crazy. Feels like yeah. it was just the last week we had just started this. Mm -hmm. Pretty it's insane. Much. Um, but you know, when we've been doing a show like this and we've been, uh, you, you get in a flow, sometimes you get a little complacent. Sometimes mm -hmm. you also forget old segments that you're like, you know what? We haven't done this in a while. Every now and then you need to bring something back. Every now mm -hmm. and then you need to get something in there. And I need to bring back a segment we call, why would you review that? <laughs> yes. 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 hear this. Now, Mike, uh, it's a it's a segment we all absolutely love. Essentially, we critique people's reviews of goofy mm -hmm. things. Now, in the case of this week, you're like, I don't see how this has anything to do with Ballyhoo. Well, there's a restaurant in Northeast Florida, specifically in Gainesville, called Ballyhoo. Mm. It is a seafood restaurant, Mike, and I was like, you know what? We should we should look at the reviews for Ballyhoo, and then I was like, ah, probably don't have enough reviews to actually do it. Guess what? They do. They mm. do. You know. And since I love laughing at angry people's pointless comments, I thought we should do it in honor of Ballyhoo being on the show. So okay, that makes with, sense. Yeah. Without further ado, Mike, it is time for why would you review that? Why would you review that? Did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment? They did, and he didn't care. <sighs> All right, it's time for Why Would You Review That? First, Mike, pretty impressive reviews, like I said, for this, this random restaurant uh, in a small area. 1,339 reviews. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. And not a bad average. 4.3 average. Pretty solid for a Google review, especially. But mm -hmm. of course, we're not looking for the positives. We're looking for the negatives. So mm -hmm. true. And we got several of them. And mm -hmm. I enjoy them. 
So here we go. First one, this is uh, Isabel Grow. Interesting name. Uh, Isabel Grow gave it one star. She said, quote, chicken fingers. That's it. That's it. That's the, that's the comment. Come on. Yeah. Chicken finger. You got to admit, though, it's pretty cryptic. It leaves you wanting more. You're like, what was it? Yeah. Is it food poisoning? Was there a finger in one of those chicken fingers? A literal finger just sticking out of the Ugh. chicken fingers? What was it? Why was it one star? Chicken fingers. Hmm. You'll wake up in a night sweat thinking about that. Listen, that chicken fingers. <laughs> what did she mean? Oh, oh God. Uh, anyways, that's uh, that's the starting one. We got James Lamaster. James Lamaster next said, "Quote: Food was not at all what I would expect for the price you pay." Hmm. A weird tense. He's changing. Hmm. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Three of us ordered meals, and all three of us made, quote, yucky faces. Word. Yucky faces. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. lost me. You lost me. We Sorry. You lost me. <laughs> we won't be going back, and it's a shame, because we'd hoped it would have been better. So, Mike, first of all, like you said, let's go ahead and appreciate, he told us in quotations, yucky faces. Yucky faces. And they all made them coordinated. Ugh, ugh, ew, ugh, yucky. Yuck. <laughs> Second, I like how he said we wouldn't be going back and we had hoped it'd be better. Hmm. James, what restaurant have you ever gone to and hoped it'd be worse? <laughs> Tried this new Asian food out tonight and sadly it was good. We were hoping that sucked. But it yeah. was delicious. Yeah. Like, I wanted to write a bad review. Can't. Gotta put a five star now. Ugh. <laughs> Horrible. James West. James West coming in with the heat. I think this is my favorite of all of them, Mike. Uh, quote, although the food was good. So note that. Go ahead, write that down, listeners. He starts it off. Food was good. Food was good. Just go ahead and think, listeners. What do you do at a restaurant? You eat stuff. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Food was good. Service was subpar. Word. Wrote in a $2 tip on Mother's Day 2022. So this is pretty recent. This is, this is in May. And my posted bill from the credit card company indicated that the amount changed reflecting an $11 tip instead. Don't know if it's a policy at this restaurant in Gainesville, Florida, but I was disappointed with the experience. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Never again. Uh. So uh, first, let's appreciate, listeners, he pulled the classic ending, Never Again. Never again. Like he experienced Pearl Harbor. Never <laughs> again. I had to pay a normal tip, and that infuriated me. Second, let's analyze that, Mike. He gave one star for the service and tip issues, even though the food was good. Hmm. Yeah, James, it should have been three stars yeah. at least. Come on. Well, exactly. Like you're for thinking, like in my opinion, in my opinion, like food should be ninety percent of your review. That's a fact. Yeah. I don't give a. Shit. 
how they present the food to me. I don't care what kind. If it's awesome, great, you know? But even if we're saying it's 50-50, then if the food's good, you should give at least 2.5 stars for the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Third, he wrote a $2 tip. $2 a tip. And apparently gratuity was added. You know, that's what he's saying. It was a mandatory gratuity adding on the on the bill. Now, if you think about that, Mike, mandatory gratuity is most often 15%. That's most often what it is. Sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 10 if they're being conservative, but most often it's 15%. If you think about that, if it's 15% and they put $11, that means his bill was $73 if you calculate it out. That means that James, on a $73 bill, gave $2. Wow. Not Stop being a cheap bag, James. How about that? Don't write a one-star review and give a regular tip. Doesn't matter how bad the service is. Give a regular tip. These people are making $2 an hour. Mm -hmm. Good Lord. Yeah. Ridiculous, James. Come on. Ridiculous. Two bucks? What do you think this is? The 40s? What are we doing? And... And then you wrote that uh, review and you thought people would applaud you online? Like, yeah, well, I'm sure there probably were like at least some people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. $2, yeah. I agree with that. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's go to Stinson. This will be our last one here. Stinson said, quote, I have heard so many good things about Ballyhoo, but dear Lord, it was gross. <laughs> the food was terribly greasy. It made me sick. The person I dined with had to send her food back. Mm. The second round was not much better. I could only eat one of my french fries. I'm not very picky and rarely complain, but wow, was this not a good experience at all. As you can see in the photo, this is all the food we could eat with a sick emoji face after that. <laughs> Waitress was informed, but didn't seem to care. Just my friend, me and my friend's opinion, but neither of us will be back. <laughs> the, uh, that's the uh, Stinson review, Mike. First, uh, your friend didn't have to return her food. She chose to send her food back. That was a option. Mm-hmm. If she had to, that means she literally was forced to do it. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, Mike, I bet you $17 million, whatever food she got originally, I could have ate it and been fine. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Guarantee. Guarantee. Second, the fact that you wrote, Stinson, that you aren't picky and complain, uh, you, don't, you don't complain, means you complain. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Also, the fact that you have 158 Google reviews related to your Google username also shows that you complain. <laughs> so true. Dr. G, we need to have a section, a segment for just this guy's reviews. Just Stinson's <laughs> reviews. Just Stinson's <laughs> reviews. There you go, Mike. That's it. That is it. That's how you get your reviews done. And why would you review that? Now we are completely ready to actually get a good Ballyhoo. I'm to get the Ballyhoo yeah. known as the band from Berlin. Are you mm -hmm. ready? Yes. We're yes. going to take another break. We will be right back with Howie Spangler of Ballyhoo right here on the Doc G Show.
up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we have the lead singer and songwriter of the originators of Maryland Beach Rock, Ballyhoo, Mr. Howie Spangler. Howie, how are you, sir? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Just uh, sitting here in a, at a friend's house in Port St. Lucie, um, just uh, taking it in. It's very humid. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Florida in uh, summer. Yeah, and uh, I I would be very flabbergasted if I walked outside and it was dry. I'd be like, "Is the world ending? It, What's going on here? What is it? It feels worse than it's ever felt. Honestly, like we we've been coming here for, I mean, I guess about sixteen years. We've been on tour, yeah. and you know it was it's always you know hot when you come here, but it's definitely been gross. But it just feels definitely worse than the last time <laughs> i don't it, know it's a hot wet blanket man it's a hot yeah. wet blanket well yeah uh, it's weird <laughs> well you guys you guys uh i mean you're you're busy with uh with solo shows right now but you've got a uh, a real big show real exciting show reggae rise up uh maryland coming up in in about a, a little over a week um, all kinds of the big names, you know, slightly stupid and dirty heads and modest Yahoo, a bunch of the the gang that you've played with before. And uh, getting ready for this interview is funny. I went back and I was looking at some of your old interviews, and I just came across one that was like right in the dead center of the pandemic, like right in the the pit of despair, uh, as far as like live artists. And you were like, yeah. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever, you know, play big shows again. And you were like, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I don't even know if we'll play shows again, you know? And like, looking back on that, obviously you've been playing now for a year since we've sort of gotten things rolling after the pandemic. Uh, ha- has it has it worn off on you coming back to live shows? Or are you still every time now playing like, yes, we're back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, there was definitely... Um, I mean that we got a little taste. Um, I, th- I want to say, well, I can't. Was it t- August? To August twenty twenty or is when everybody's doing the drive-in shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, and we got a little taste of of the <laughs> you know the good life again. Yeah. Um, we did. We ended at this drive-in show in Pennsylvania. It went really well. It was awesome. It sold out. It was crazy. Every, at that point, everybody was starving, you know, for, for shows, and we were starving to play. Um, but uh, yeah, by the time we got back on tour last fall, um, twenty one, uh, it was it was it was like bittersweet because we were stoked to be back out, and we knew that people were coming to the shows or were like excited to go to the shows. Um, but we had to stay on the bus the whole time, like. We're, we've always like we have friends in like every town, you know, from all years of doing this and um, to have to like stay camped out on the bus, you know, from the time you load in till 
it's time to walk on stage. And then as soon as you're done with stage, you walk straight back to the bus and you're just there for the rest of the night. That was hard. Like that, that was like, because you're, you know, you're supposed to be, we're on tour. You're supposed yeah. to, it's supposed to be, you know, it's not, you know, it's not Motley Crue. It's not like craziness like that, but just, just being able to like see friends and stuff that we've made from over the years and bring them on the bus or, or go hang out with them in the crowd or something like to not be able to do that was, was pretty tough. And it's, so it was an adjustment the first few days. And, and after about a month, I mean, we did, <laughs> we did everything we could to like, not get COVID, not, you know, have to cancel shows, but for whatever reason, I, four, four guys on the bus got COVID, four didn't. Um, we were about a month in, by the time we got to California, I was, I was feeling weird. The next night we had off, I was eating some dinner and noticed I couldn't taste my shrimp or my IPA. Mm. <laughs> I was like, no. So we had to cancel the whole week of Cali shows. And uh, it was a bummer, you know, but, uh, and then, I mean, we had, coming after that things were looking good you know and then the what's it called uh the, the other variant omicron um, delta omicron was coming yeah delta omicron and uh we had some shows we were supposed to do in florida in january of last year or no is it january yeah it was january of this year yeah and we had to cancel them like last minute and uh, we felt bad because we know we know the promoter really well we're good friends with him and uh, he's always taking care of us and we felt terrible because he'd already promoted and stuff and spent that money but like it was just like we can't it was like starting to get bad again and uh yeah so now that these are you know things are kind of better uh you're not thinking about it as much and um so the novelty of like oh we're playing live shows again like it yeah it's kind of gone away a little bit but it's still you know that excitement of playing a show in the first place is still there yeah if you're not gonna perform at your highest level you know every night then don't do it yeah yeah for sure reggae rise up you guys did the first show for florida you did you, you did reggae rise up florida uh, which has been become a huge thing now i mean you know it's 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 been going for six years uh and this is the first maryland reggae rise up what, what's it mean to do it in your in your home state now it means a lot i mean i've been telling people for weeks you know months actually since since i heard about it but um we we needed something like that in the mid-atlantic um, we need some kind of festival because, you know, California's got them, Florida's got them, Utah's got Radio Rise Up, Vegas even has one. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's like there's like little reggae fests and stuff around the country that aren't as big, you know, but um, we needed some big brand name festival to yeah. come into the area. And um, I think, and people are so stoked. I mean, the, the show's almost sold out. And every time we talk about it, like, uh, on my live streams or at our shows in the area, people are pumped. They're like screaming, like, yeah, like it's going to be a good day, good weekend. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, I was going to ask what, what makes, what do you think makes uh, the American reggae scene so popular in, in Maryland? I mean, obviously you guys are there, uh, bumping uglies are there, uh, but it seems like, it's one of those things that Maryland does. What 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 brings the vibes? Crab cakes, football, and reggae. <laughs> is Maryland. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, I mean, when when we started out, like, uh, there, there was a band called Coloring Lesson in the 90s. Uh, There's another band called Jaw Works mm -hmm. in the 90s from the Baltimore era, our Baltimore area. 
so we weren't the first to, to do it or bring it to the area. Um, I got to give props to those guys, coloring lesson and uh, jaw works. But uh, something started happening in the in the mid to late 2000s. Um, we were we were already doing it for years, but um, you started seeing like bands like Pepper and, and Slightly Stupid and the Expendables um, coming from the West Coast uh, and and like packing out shows. Um, people were taking notice. We just we just did our part, you know, just like. We, we just played and, and built our community there and the fan base and um, tried to sell out as many shows as we could over the years. Um, and then, you know, locally, you've got Bumpin' Uglies uh, doing their thing. And there's a band called 8060 Ever back in the day. I mean, you have um, Joey Harkham now, uh, Joint Operation, uh, the Harbor Boys. And they're not, these bands aren't necessarily like reggae, um, but there's there's a hint of it in some of their songs. And they, they, they participate in the community, yeah. you know? Um, and everybody's got a different flavor. And I think it's just, there's something about the good vibes, you know, that we're always talking about, you know, all these bands. Um, the, it's the it's the lifestyle. It, there's just something about it. And uh, it's just, it, I can't believe it's exploded this this big um, to, to the point where we, now we have to have Reggae Rise Up in Maryland. Yeah. I, I just think it's awesome. I, it's great. Well, I mean, you think about the other places, like you said, that have the Reggae Rise Up forum and it's i mean it's these big places it's these places that are i mean like you know saint pete is sort of known as that reggae hub of florida yeah. and like i mean you know obviously california you think of that like and and then maryland it's like all right okay like you've got your own hub it's crazy i, I get that question a lot like where, why do you guys sound like that why do you, you know you're from maryland why do you sound like that and it's like really man i i've, I've posted this on socials a few times over the years just like aerial photos of where i live like we live basically on the water you know like we live at the top of the chesapeake bay yeah and my my house is five minutes from there you know i live at like the top of this hill i come down and we're right there on the on the susquehanna river which which empties out to the chesapeake bay and and again i as i said like back in the 90s when i was starting out like i found uh sublime and uh, goldfinger and um, then i started listening to ub40 and steel pulse and um, and then, of course, Pepper, Stupid, you know, Horatio and all those guys. And I don't know, just started mixing up the tunes. And I feel like I feel like our band has, has been like a good bridge too. like we have like we do a lot of things. We're not just you know, we're not a reggae band. Yeah, we're not necessarily a punk band, but we I guess it's like a rock band, whatever. I just call it Maryland Beach Rock, you know, yeah. but, uh, it, it, we just mix it all up because uh, I have this problem where I need to mix everything up. I have to do everything. <laughs> that's like every part of my life including the music you know? can't stop yeah so you know our, our most popular songs are like the more chill reggae songs and you know it, it i'm happy anybody's listening it man. works it works well rewind rewind the the ballyhoo saga rewind the inspirations like you were talking about i do want to talk about uh sublime because i saw just a, a crazy cool connection you have there uh, but I did want to rewind to the original, your first experience with rock. I heard your dad took you to Def Leppard, Poison, when you were six. And that's yes. like that's like peak of their powers, Def Leppard and Poison. I mean, you're talking... You're giving me chills right now, bro. But, like, I'm getting goosebumps right now. <laughs> I mean, pyromania, hysteria, look what the cat drug in. Like, it's just, it's... 
I mean, it's it's obviously been a little while since that concert, but I mean, do you remember? Do you do you still have in your in your mind like seeing that concert? Yeah, yeah. I I have I have vague spots of the show. Yeah. Um, man, it was I was incredible, man. I I, I was six years old. My brother was four, and um, my dad put us in rat shirts, and we were already fans of Rat um, and Motley Crue and. Def Leppard and stuff. Well, I remember getting to the show. It was uh, at, I think it was the Capitol Center in DC. Um, this was like March of 87. And I remember vaguely walking through to find our seats. You know, you you know when you're at those big stadiums or whatever, or the arenas, like you're, you're walking through the hallways. Um, there's like concessions and stuff. Yeah. And I remember like these girls like dressed up, they had their big hair makeup and like you know scantily clad dresses and things they're all super tight perfect um, for a six-year-old uh, perfect yeah perfect for a six-year-old <laughs> didn't 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 mess me up at all uh <laughs> but yeah i mean you're what i mean what are we talking about we're talking about a, a 80s glam metal show you know yeah. so it's all the things you know uh, that you can think of um and i remember being at you know in that that picture that i have over my desk where in my studio of the three of us my dad and my brother and i um, I remember sitting there and um, the band, you know, I remember watching Poison and <laughs> and there was a scene where there's a halfway through the set there. Um, Ricky Rockets doing some drum solo mm. and then Brett Michaels, there's there's smoke all over the stage. Brett Michaels gets down and starts humping the stage to like the beat of the know, And the girls are going nuts. And I was like, I want to do that, you know, and uh who doesn't like I that's I, yep. I always say like I I, I, uh, I had a, a artist on the show who's like a real huge poison fan and like you know he gets crap all the time from people because they're they're poison and they're quote unquote cheesy you know I, I told him I was like you watch them perform though especially then like now okay they're a little older it's a little not as fun but like still like back then it was like the coolest, most fun thing ever. Like I watching one of those concerts, I'm just like, that looks like that just looks like a 24-7 party. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? That's nice. Like, that's crazy. Dude. Uh, yeah, I uh you know, I was six, so had I been like 16, you know, uh, who knows where I would have been mentally, you know, <laughs> watching that show. But I'm just I'm six years old taking all this in, like the lights and the sound. It was loud and it was like the roar of the crowd. Um, the, the, the effects, the smoke, the things, um, you know, so I was, I was a pretty decent fan of poison, but I was a huge fan of rat at the time. And they were the headliner and rat came out and just uh, the first, I knew all the songs, you know, and they, they opened, I can't remember what they opened up with, but, um, man, it was, it was just like, boom. And I, I, I it was like that moment. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to, I want to be in a band. I want to like, I want this. I want people screaming and singing our songs back to us, you know, but we did see Def Leppard on the Hysteria tour and you, you were right. That was the peak. I'm getting goosebumps again. Like it was like such a man. And I remember like, I wasn't like a big fan of Def Leppard yet. Um, but after that show I was, and I, my dad had, um, he had like high and dry and pyromania. Mm -hmm. Um, and then was obviously hysteria. We listen to that stuff constantly, man. Yeah. I, I will say, too, uh, listeners know, longtime listeners of the show know, I, uh, we were lucky enough, we had Phil Collin 
uh, from Def Leppard on the show, and that dude, sick guitar player, couldn't be nicer too. Like, I mean, oh, just awesome. just amazing that dude, and just so like he's one of those you're talking about doing everything. That guy just wants to do everything too. Like he's he's kickboxing before he goes on stage. He's been a vegetarian for like thirty years and like just He's real fit. Yeah. Yeah. He got up to like some insane I'd have to go back and listen to the interview again, but he got in like some insane number of like two and a half times his body weight on bench press. Like just Whoa. Yeah, just insane. Just swole. Yeah, just jack, but <laughs> super super cool guy. I love. I mean, Def Leppard. Like, they're a lot of their music. Just like you know, when you talk about. I mean, obviously the big ones like Pour Some Sugar on Me and things like that. But like, Photograph. They're just they're just so polished and so good. Like so well written songs too. Like they mastered like. I don't know. I, I mean, back then, I guess it was called metal, you know, or, or yeah. rock. But like, they've mastered like the the pop, rock, yeah. pop, metal, whatever you call it. Like, those guys are like the kings of it, man. Like hooks and just the backup vocals. It's just incredible. And I, I just love their their songs stand the test of time. That's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got like bands from like you know the late '90s, like the new metal and stuff. It's like something that's kind of coming back. And, and my my brother and his friends went and saw uh, Limp Bizkit a couple months ago. It's just nice. cool. Um, uh, but you know, the, there's a lot of, there's a ton of bands from that, that era that just didn't, you know, that yeah. you wouldn't listen to that. but a band like Def Leppard, you know, almost 40 years later, 35 years later, I mean, you know, going. you're going to listen to their tunes, man. Still so going. great. Well, that was obviously your, your performance motivator, that first <clears throat> performance motivator, but I, I heard yeah. uh, playing, I guess, and sort of songwriting, the the big turning point was Green Day Dookie. That was the that that was the album that did it. Was that how how important was that album to your sort of playing and songwriting? Give me goosebumps again, dude. This is crazy. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I mean that album is super important. You said it. You nailed it. It was that album came out at the perfect time. Um, I was thirteen, and I hadn't. Somebody at school, we were, I was in middle school and, and some, like I guess eighth, eighth grade. And this, this friend of mine was like, Hey, have you heard that song Green Day? Like Long, Longview? I was like, no, I haven't. And um, I guess it came on MTV or something. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But then Basket Case, man, in the summer of 94, dude, they played that every hour oh, on yeah. the hour on MTV and on the radio too. Um, oh my God, dude, that song was just like, like this. I was always a fan of um, of melody, um, like like pop pop melody. I've always I, I remember I used to like I used to love Banana Rama and like nice. Debbie Gibson. And yeah. Like I would listen to like Shanice when I was like eleven or twelve, like R and B, like uh, Boys to Men. Like I just loved um, like melody and singing and and just it just it really hit me hard, you know. It connected and um, so Green Day, like they were like they're these like 21 year old kids you know and just come out slamming just the three of them and you could tell they just didn't give a and it was like i don't know the songs were great and they were just they just every song slams front to back yeah and i was like that's it dude like that's what i want to do because you know i was into you know 80s metal and 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 then r&b but like if i was going to be in a band it was going to be like this yeah and um 
And so I started writing songs. Um, you know, I, I was already writing songs when I was like 12. Um, just kind of like, you know, little, I was writing love songs. I've written love songs since the beginning, dude. I was always been like a hopeless romantic virgin nerd, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good title. Hopeful, you know. Hopeful yeah, romantic yeah. virgin nerd. It, oh, man. Maybe that's, maybe that's the next album title, though. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I was writing songs about girls at school that had crushes on and stuff. And then when the Green Day thing came out, I just took all those lyrics and just basically put them to, you know, formulated songs, you know, three chord pop punk songs yeah. around those lyrics. Um, and uh, yeah, we started playing and I want to say I started playing guitar at the end of 94, played it. We, start, we started the band in July of 95. Um, we talked about it. We'd always talked about it. And me and my brother used to play, you know, we would play our Motley Crue records and Skid Row and Rat and stuff in our bedroom. And we'd, we'd put on pretend concerts for our stuffed animals and stuff. Um, and so we always wanted to do it. Uh, so we finally did it in, in the summer of 95. And then we, we just practiced every day, um, every day. And then it, when school started in the fall, every day after school, we'd be in the house. And my mom was like super cool about it. Like letting us, it was very loud. You know, she's just upstairs and we didn't sound that good you know <laughs> and she, she just she just supported it and 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 you know in fact i gave her chills one day because i'd learned how to play that opening riff to hearts um crazy on you oh nice and uh, she was a huge fan of heart she loved heart and i played that intro and she was like oh my god she she had she was in the in the living room and she had uh, had cancer at the time and she was uh her, she had shaved her head and she was just in her nightgown just like and it made her so happy like she just lit up and just started like spinning around dancing her she's like oh my god you know she's like i can't believe my boy's playing heart you know it was like the best thing ever Power to like music, give her that man. moment yeah man and it was incredible um and so we we, we played our first show march 1st 1996 in, in our high school gym and um it, we opened it with a green day song of course and <laughs> ended up playing for like an hour 40 minutes that first 30 seconds i was so nervous man going on and like playing and then with by the end of the song that first song i was like this is it this is you know we did the work and we sounded to me i thought we sounded better than all the bands we played with that night because we, we had practiced every day and we just we were so serious about it you know yeah and uh, we made a point to just kill it and it, it, if i just never looked back you know when you when you when you were performing that that night Raising money for the the German club, right? That's what. Uh, the German <laughs> How do you know all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the great thing about interviewing somebody that's done so many interviews and has a podcast. You can do <laughs> you can do the research. It's great. Uh, okay, all this, the secrets are out. Okay, <laughs> but I mean, when you were doing it, was was it? Did it feel like? Did it feel like that that Def Leppard concert? Were you like, I'm I'm there. I'm that guy now. Yes, hundred percent, dude. We were. It was. It was probably. I don't know, fifty kids there. You know, maybe seventy-five because it was. A, it was. It wasn't as. It was technically a school function because it was uh, just for, to raise money for the German club. Um, I wasn't even in the German club, but my, I think my bass player was. Nice. And uh, and the teacher, the German teacher, was very, very happy that we did it and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it felt like that. It felt amazing i was on this little built-out stage in the gym you know they had they had raised up the, the the basketball hoop you know so we could play under it and kids were just going crazy and this is 1996 so there's still flannel and big jeans and 
just singing you know we were playing covers we were, we were playing bush and silver chair and green nice. day and like all the stuff from that era um and it was just it was a night to remember man like i'm gonna cry thinking about it honestly it was it was it was, it was incredible the performance high i've talked talked to so many artists about it like when you finish that uh show was it like one of those things that you were just like oh my god we've got to do that again right now we got to do that again like i was i was like when's the next one like when can we you know and, and then the next one i believe the next one was uh a couple weeks later at a friend's party she was like hey my mom said that we can have you guys play our, our party so we played this party um in this girl's basement and uh and then we then we did the high school talent show the next month in april and then i think that same month we did another friend's basement party so we were like getting popular you know with our friends and stuff and, nice and and playing like we we had that anywhere everywhere attitude you know yeah Con you know constantly just you know playing as much as you can and just slowly growing it out you know growing your radius um and then you know we started playing in delaware we started playing in northern virginia um and we had some some like i remember uh i think it was chris rock talking about false alarms on an interview where like that's that movie cb4 yeah uh where it was like a false alarm he felt like things were about to pop and and it i guess it flopped and he had a few of those you know so it, it's the same thing for like a musician you know you feel like oh, oh man things through. are wrapping up something yeah it's about to happen now right um and so we we played there was a station called hfs in in dc mm -hmm. and it got we it was this very strong signal we got it all the way up in northern uh in, up where we were in northern maryland um and it it was the first time that i um had heard like all those all those great alternative songs like god remember the meat puppets oh yeah um, backwater i wake up in the morning oh yeah. such Just a good daybreak on my face right uh so songs like that and and you know of course the green day and, and all those things um and sublime and stuff and that they started doing festivals and it was called hf festival and we tried they started doing this thing called the big break where you could they had a local stage and if you if you competed in the big break contest uh there was a possibility of playing on a local stage or if you win the whole thing you get to open the main stage at like noon mm. you know and we were like oh like we wanted to do it so bad so kept trying and trying for a couple of years finally it was 2001 and we entered we entered a song i don't remember what song got us in but um we got to play this show in uh in eastern maryland eastern shore of maryland and we played with um a band called cactus patch which ended up becoming army of me which was like this uh great alternative band they were really good i remember them, but i was mad at them at the time because we lost but we played with them and this other band and i remember benji from good charlotte was there because he was friends with um with those guys we killed it though i mean we slammed and like i the the other band the third band i knew we beat that we blew them out i knew it. i was like we it's, it's between us and cactus patch you could tell yeah and at the end of it the uh Bob the uh, the music director there he was hosting and he was like all right he's like it was very close it was insanely close and i knew i was like we're it's gonna be one of one of us and then he, he they gave it to cactus patch we were like no <laughs> but but so they got to open the the, the main, main stage. stage but but um 
we got to we got to uh do the uh, local stage open the open the local stage and that to me that's all i needed i was like i couldn't believe it we're, we were gonna play hf festival man the feel like we were gonna like yeah and dude so we played at 10 20 in the morning on may 27th 2001 and we killed it man we put on a sick show and and then spent the rest of the day well i mean green day played that night and i mean that was a huge it was a two-day festival it was like lincoln park i think stain was on it weezer like everybody was on that show and we got to play we were a part of it nice. it was it was awesome man nice nice um, that that's that was the false alarm part I was talking about because it was sick and then nothing really happened. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's funny just throughout the whole career of any artist how you just you continue to see these things like oh it can't get better than this it can't get better than this this is awesome like you 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 see those those moments those those, those uh, stair steps but before I, I I go on I wanted to go back real quick uh, because you mentioned a couple times Sublime. And, mm. you know, I, I feel like uh, that's probably where you got a ton of the actual sort of reggae rock influence of your sound. And I was, you know, you've done you've done a couple of tributes to uh, to Bradley uh, in your in your career there. You, you were on you were on the uh, the last one they they put out there in what, 2020, I think it was. Yeah, um, the house that Bradley built. Yeah. Sick compilation, man. Very cool. A lot a lot of the artists that we've had on the show did that uh uh, did that album? I mean, uh, the the movement and bumping uglies and uh, I, don't, I don't think Common Kings were on that one. Dude, but. Common King, dude, Common Kings. Everybody was on it. Yeah. Pepper. I mean, yeah. Uh, shout out to Law Records for for uh, helping facilitate that. That's it. Was a um, shout out to the Bradley's house. That all the money uh, from this goes to creating actually building out the Bradley house, um, which is going to be a place for um, for people that are. Uh, uh, for for addicts to to go get help and and give them a place to stay and it's going to be all for free and all that like nice um kelly knoll which is uh brad knoll's sister singer for sublime it's his sister um she's been a big fan of our band for years she she messaged me on facebook i don't know 10 years ago or something like that like just telling me this long story about how she's a huge fan and my brother was a singer for sublime and his name was brad and i was like holy shit yeah whoa you know so we've kept we've kept in touch very nice person and um uh she she's gotten us all together and um so shout out to them that's that's what that's what i was gonna say that the the story that i was mentioning the cool connection that i i read uh you, you wrote about that uh when uh the album was coming out as far as getting a message from kelly and i was just like that's Talk about motivation. I mean, or, or like a, a stair step, or whatever you want to call it in the career. Like, I feel like as soon as I got that message on Facebook, I would have been with my phone, like texting everyone. I know, like, you believe this? I did. Can you like? I did. I, yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was just like, you know, it's like the the direct blood sister of the guy. You yeah. know, like is, is telling me that my tunes have have gotten her through some heavy times and helped her you know cope with his you know his loss yeah like that that was like i don't know how to deal with stuff like that when people tell me things like that it's happened a lot over the years you know people saying things like that you've helped me so much with this and this and i was i was going to commit suicide and then i didn't because yeah. i heard your songs and i was like whoa how do, how do you yeah man i'm just like i just give him a hug i don't know what else to do you know yeah um, it's heavy it's heavy and uh 
you know um i think i think being a being someone that's like you know popular or maybe like because of the music or something uh or has like a platform or something yeah i think people expect you to like say the right thing you know? <laughs> and, and I, I just i just don't know what to say in those situations man i'm sorry you know oh, it's, um, oh, it's a it's a ton it's like you said like what do you I'll say give you a hug like of course yeah. of course that's what i meant it for yes you're welcome yeah yeah like, you're welcome yeah. <laughs> just it, yeah it's never yeah it's it's a weird it's a weird experience from hearing those things and, and i just i do my best to just be there for that for them in that moment and uh and lock eyes and just really be engaged and and give them my attention and as I said, give them a, the biggest hug, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and, I, and I just I thank them because, you know, I, I have dark days too, and I, I thank them for uh, for listening to the band in the first place, you know. Yeah, and on top of it, with that instance, I mean, it's it's one of your biggest sort of inspirations, the sister of that biggest inspiration. Like, my music wouldn't exist if it wasn't for your well, it exists in the form that it is without your brother's music. So it's a, that's pretty much what I told her. I mean, verbatim, it was just like I wouldn't. You know, this band wouldn't be what it is without Sublime, and I've never been shy about saying that. You know, I've, I felt like there was there was a time where like the bands in the American reggae scene, um, like were were afraid to say they were connected to it or something. Yeah, uh, I said this before in interviews. I, I felt like they, that Sublime didn't get enough props um, or enough respect from some of these bands, you know. So I, I was always like, "Yeah, Sublime, I love Sublime," you know. And we we've done plenty of tributes and you know covers and and you know we've uh, we did like a whole I think two times we did a, a Sublime set, you know, as Ballyhoo, you know. I mean, I was never shy about it, you know. I, I think it's one of those things. I think they they were just too too much too much of a hybrid for people to take. Especially, and you know, not that the reggae scene isn't an accepting group. It's still just one of those things. It's like anytime somebody mixes, not so much anymore because there's so much mixing of genres now. But like in the past, especially, you have that sort of mixing of genres. Somebody in the original group is going to sort of bristle. And you're gonna you're gonna feel like you need to shy away from saying, yeah, they were a huge influence on me because those originals are gonna be like, well, really that group like. But now I think I, I feel mean, like I mean I feel like people they hear Santeria and they hear what I got. Those are like the big songs, and like I think people were they were afraid of being you know uh, compared to you see the Sublime memes all the time. Yeah, you know it's like it's like the 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 little the little feet and the giant sandals, and it's like. You guys listen to Santeria or something like that, you know? Like they're silly, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I've just never been afraid of, of saying that we've been influenced. And now I think with the House of Bradley build that compilation, it was just the ultimate final, like finally getting some respect in in, in public. And, well, and it shows how I mean, just how much in the American reggae scene, everybody like that's almost where everybody got their start. I mean, and everybody went back and, you know, like you said, they, they find Peter Tosh, they find Bob Marley, they find uh, Steel Pulse. But that's like, that was their introduction, was 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 sublime. And it was like, man, this mix of all these things of rock and rap and reggae together and ska, it's just like, it was, it, it was a great band, great band. And to have, you know, your connection to them. In, in the way that you do so cool yeah man uh, i love i have like all that stuff I, I had everything that came out in the last like 10 years like 
all the releases of like b-sides and rarities i already had all that stuff man uh, I, I i searched high did the leg for, work yeah yeah man for mp3s of all that stuff in the 2000s you know there was a, was a great website called the sublime archive um that <laughs> showcase all that old stuff live shows and b-sides and weird stuff and and then they started putting on like you know they put our music on there and then they put stick figures early stuff on and nice. um uh pepper and stupid and it just became this hub for for that style of music um and then later on a website called the pier came out which mm -hmm. uh because the sublime archive kind of went down so the pier came in to fill that void um, and I actually helped them create their their message board, and the message board was immediately popping because people had been missing that. Yeah. Um, and and now now we had a place to go to go talk about our favorite bands, you know, um, nice. from that 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 genre. Fast forward, you know, what is it? 18 years later, it's like I can't believe the people that are listening to the the people that I know from high school in my town, this little town, that are listening to Revolution, Stick, Iration stupid I, I can't even believe it yeah you know it's it's def it, it's definitely spread that's for sure you you guys uh like like we've been talking about obviously have gone for a, almost a quarter of a century uh, over a quarter of a century uh it's yeah, crazy 27 years uh and all this time as a band uh you've been with your brother which uh yeah. It's it's crazy because usually I think of dysfunction when I think of brother bands. You know, I think of think of the Black Crows. I think of uh, Oasis, Oasis, Kinks. But but you guys, I mean, I'm guessing there's been plenty of dysfunction <clears throat> along the way. Uh, yeah. But you yeah. guys you guys seem to to get through it fairly. How, how have you maintained the harmony? How, is it easy? Uh, it's it, sometimes it's not easy. You know, it's sometimes it's tough. Uh, there, um, we we started the band together in in '95, uh, and I think he was I was 14, and he had just turned 13. Wow! Um, and uh, so here we are, 27 years later. Do the math, and um, we've been through a lot. You know, it's it's, it's uh, we both have our own lives. We got families, and um, you know, uh, he's got his opinions. I have mine. You know, and. Uh, but I think ultimately it's it's just the belief in the music and you know wanting to see it grow and like you know we had a lot of there were a lot of like bad things that happened to us in the band over the years you know just it just comes with the territory of touring and things Van caught on fire on the first tour and we hemorrhaged so much money we didn't make any money on the first few tours like first few years of touring. Um, you know, a lot of crazy things happen, um, but enough good things happen. Enough, like, and the things that were good were like really good, you know? So like, it was the validation over time that just kept, you know, like we're doing something here. Like if we just give up, it's like, you know, I've been, we've been doing this 27 years. And if, if me or the guys gave up right now, it'd be too soon, you know? <laughs> like it just feels, Every time we put out a record, it's like it seems to do well, and the streams are like we we stream like one to three million a month, yeah. you know, streams, um, which is for an independent band with That's awesome, you know, we're doing all the marketing on our own and things, you know, it's all it's all our own budget, you know, yeah. it's, um, and just word of mouth, and there's something about the sound, there's something about the vibe of the band that that every year it just gets better, and uh, 
to to give up and i think he understands that you know at this point man it's like i'm 41 dude it's like i, I it's like i have to I, I, look I, i'm a creative person i love making things if the band fell apart i would still do something you know yeah. but it's like all the work you put in for all you know it's the same band i all the bands that i grew up with are broken up can't stop you know? now and yeah it, yeah it's like it, all this time it, just, it would feel for it would be such a devastating blow yeah. to, to lose it you know um i don't know man i so i guess that that thought process like it makes you go okay you know because there i mean dude there's times where i'm like i quit yeah you know like I, i'm done dude i can't take this more like there's been so many times of that in the last 27 years dude but takes about a day you know, though to I, get out of that <laughs> yeah you get over it and like yeah sometimes it'll last a week you know but like it's it's just uh i don't know i honestly i just love it too much i love being on stage playing i love making stuff i love listening to stuff dude i listen to our stuff all the time there's so many bands that are cool to say that they listen to their shit. yeah dude i listen to my stuff all the time because i'm just like i can't believe this sounds like this yeah it's incredible you know honestly like, i listen to it for for a couple reasons it's like it's like um, I listen to it critically because yeah. I'm like, okay, what can we do better next time? Yeah. Like, um, just like how football players will watch the reel after the game, they'll 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 say, okay, what can we do to fix this? What can yeah. we do to make this better? Right? What do we do wrong here? Oh, yeah. It's the same thing, man. You got to be critiquing yourself constantly, and and it, you can't you can't get comfortable as yeah. you know bumping up these new songs. You know, yeah. Don't get comfortable. You yeah. got to stay on top. You got to stay hungry. And and uh, what can we do to just make this better and better every time? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so they, yeah, and then I just listen to my. It's just like it just sounds so good to me. I'm just like I'm so proud of this. <laughs> you got you got got to bask in the results. You gotta you gotta be a yeah. You know, I mean, a fan of your own stuff. If you're not, it's always one of those things. Like I always think about that in social media. Uh, uh, people uh, don't like their own things, and then people will will make fun of people that do like their own things. And I'm like, well, they put it out. They obviously like it. Like, what's, what's, why would you like? Why would you be stoked on the end product? Like, yeah. you did all that work, and this is your thing. This is your job. This is what you do. Uh, it's just silly to me. It's like I can't imagine like putting in all that work over months. That sucks. Or I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> and then just being like, or even just be like, okay, that was cool. That was cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. On to the next one. Like, and there is a bit of that. Okay, on to the next one. What are we doing next? But like, still want to go back. I'm, yeah. I'm stoked, man. I, I listen to. It's hard for me to listen to like anything, like before daydreams, really, because we just we're so much better at recording now. And like, yeah, it, you have to you have to learn how to record. You have to learn how to be in a studio. There there should be and, an improvement process as far as that goes. But yeah, yeah. Nowadays, man, I can get tracking done so fast if I know what I'm if I know what I want to do. You know. Yeah. Um. But but uh, it, it's. You know, and, and you you learn too. You're like, oh, why did I sing that like that? Ugh, like that sounds. I mean, there's a, there's a, I mean, there's a song called Cali Girl, and it's like we put out. I wrote it in 2004. We put it out in 2006 on Do for the Money, and it's so like the guy with the guitar at the party, vocal style, like Ryan Cabrera, like. <laughs> Oh, I, I, self-deprecation is part of my my therapy, by the way. Um, but like, uh, just like it's so, and like 
people love the song, you know, but it's hard to it's hard to listen to. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. You go through those you go through those phases. You go, and I I think it's with any any like any art, any work that you do, any anything that you evaluate yourself with. There are things that you go back and you listen to. I, I mean, you know, it's like I listened to like earlier shows, earlier podcasts that I did five years ago, six years ago, and like I'll say one thing. I'm like that was that was funny. That was good. I, that, I, where did that come from? That was not. But then there's other things that I'll just be like, that was the dumbest interview you've ever done. Why did you like you were? That was horrible. Like, so I mean, you know, I think it's with any evaluation that you do anything in life, you sort of evaluate and you, you can take positives, you can take negatives from it. And and like you said, improve. Um, I had I say, yeah, I had Finn McKenty on. Uh, he's a big YouTuber, punk rock NBA. Great videos. Great channel. I had him on the podcast before. I mean, it was before he was at 100K, I think. So he was like 50, 80. Um, and he, he, it was like one of my worst interviews. I just felt so stupid talking to him because he's so, he's so like, he's a smart dude. And like, he's just very good at, he's been doing the business for a long time. And yeah. he, I just felt like an idiot talking to him. And that's happened a couple of times, you know, when I'm talking to like people like that. And I just, I, and now it's like forever on the internet. It's like, oh, Christ, you know? <laughs> but it's whatever man it's a pro- what are you gonna do process it's a process yeah well yeah. you know uh going back to the band and and 27 years with your brother uh speaking on that note as far as family you've also created your own family in the span of that 27 years i mean you've got two children now you've been a dad for 12 years and I, yep. see, I seem like, you know, you talking about working all the time, doing, you know, I mean, just, and, and you do, it, it shows. I mean, obviously, you're, you're putting things out on social media, you're streaming every week, you're doing solo shows, you're doing Ballyhoo shows. Like, is it hard to balance? I mean, I feel like it's got to be very difficult to balance those those two things, family life and work life. I would love to say that I'm the king of multitasking and, and sometimes I do feel like that. Um, but, you know, I just read, uh, I'm reading this, reading some books, you know, and, and one of the things said that like multitasking is like not a real thing. Like your brain is really only capable of processing one thing at a time. Like, like when you really think about it, when you get down to it, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you could be doing a lot of things at once, but, you know, there's but like one, yeah. Yeah. It's really only one thing you can truly focus on. Um, and, that was a little that was insightful because i'm always like i'm emailing i'm texting I'm on the phone you know i'm sometimes when i'm like doing interviews i'm having to look other things up you know or like oh, yeah. or i'm on a team team call and i'm like doing something to set up my stream that week or you know it's just and it sucks because part of that is is a problem it's like you've got to be present you got to work on being present and and being in the moment right now yeah um and and with the family it's so important and I, I'm definitely guilty of uh, not giving my full attention to my wife and kids um, when they need it sometimes. And, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've my wife would tell you, I know my wife would say that I've done a good job of like, you know, balancing. But it's it's a weird thing because like I'm a musician, but I, I call myself a creator because it's like I'm doing other all these other things, the podcast, the YouTube videos, the song, the music and all that. And it's like being a creator, it's like, you know, you you're you're always Constantly working on something yeah. and, and when it becomes your profession when you're actually making music or uh, making making money from it 
um, and it's paying the bills, it's like, okay, family first, but also this first, you know, it's like, and it's always felt like a competition between the two. And I've always tried to make a distinction and separate them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough at times, you know, and I've had to turn my daughter down for, you know, playing board games with it. She's like, dad, can you want to play a board game? I'm like, sorry, baby, I got, I'm working on this thing. And she she gets bummed out. I I hate it. You know, it's like, the truth is, nothing is more important than than your family right the the email can wait the podcast episode can wait you can you can take 10 more minutes and hang out with your family it's it's realizing in the, that in the moment though it's easy to look back in hindsight and and say oh man i could have taken 20 minutes or an hour you yeah know? and it's and i'm gonna i already miss the days when they're little littler you know my, my daughter's eight now it's just like she's gotten so big and just she's a, just a little independent person and it's like, I missed a lot of that, you know? <laughs> Where did those and years go? There's, it's crazy, man. It's like, they're like teenagers already. It's like, and and I, I she still loves me like huge, which is great. I'm holding on to that as long as I can. But, she, she doesn't um, hate you yet. It, it is. It is. doesn't hate me yet. I'm, it is crazy. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm still blown away. I saw uh, during the NBA playoffs there, you know, Jay-Z was at uh, courtside with his daughter who's like, I think like 14 or 15, which is insane to think about. But like, you know, they they announce him and they announce her on the loudspeaker and he like goes over to hug her and she's like, ah, loser. <laughs> like, just like doesn't want to be. And I'm like, he's he's Jay-Z. What, what, come on. And he's your dad. Take the Everybody hug. Everybody thinks he's cool. Yeah, take the <laughs> hug. Come on. Take like, the hug. But. I know, and that, that, so who the why like you know like like why you know why would my daughter want to hug me when she's 14 you know at that point um you know i'm not jay-z right yeah. uh yeah man i i have this plan i'm 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 going to and maybe i'll get my brother in on it too i'm going to get i already wear jorts you guys probably know that already i love yeah. wearing jorts they're tight they're not like baggy weird nerdy looking shit. but like i'm gonna get some baggy jean shorts and like a polo, white polo shirt or something, a pair of white New Balances. Yes. I'm gonna put on a mustache. I can't grow facial hair. So I'm gonna get a mustache and maybe like a, a you know, a dad hat. And I'm going to, and probably like a, I'm gonna, with a phone, phone clip. I'll probably yes. put my iPhone on the phone, on the on the belt, right? Yes. Fanny pack on the other side. I'm gonna really- Fully I'm gonna adapt. Go from school. I'm gonna pick her up from school when she's in like 10th grade. I can't wait. When she's nice. 15, once, she's going down. Once, once, I was about to say, once she crosses that line of dad is no longer cool, then you lay into mm. the into the dad vibes. The, you the, lean into it, dude. Hard. I, 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 like I cannot it. wait. <laughs> well, well your, your son turned 12 uh, this year, and I wanted to talk just because I was, you know, the powers of social media... I was going through on on your on your Instagram, and there were a couple of things that just really made me laugh about your son. Uh, first, not too long after his birthday, you guys went to the beach, and he celebrated with drawing a wiener on the sand at the beach. And I gotta ask: one, what did his mom think of that artistry? And two. Did you cr- critique his artistry? Did you did you say, well, yeah, not the best? You could you could have done better. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> it's like 
it's like you know the balls could go down here a little yeah. bit more <laughs> yeah you, uh, anatomically uh, you're a little off let me hold on a little too much of a point on the end <laughs> um proud moment come on <laughs> i mean look yes. the, the, the 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 jokes have been starting to starting to show up in his nice in his vernacular 12. i guess 12 um, yeah he's it started probably when he was like 10 honestly he but he's really starting to really do coming it into his um, own yeah yeah and, and my poor daughter she's a no idea he's been hearing this stuff for a couple of years now since so, you know and it's 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 funny to me because they they say penis you know <laughs> it's funny to them it's so funny and and my daughter's very she's a goody two shoes man she's like very she will not cuss she will not i mean we cuss around our kids it's just you know yeah it's you know nothing nothing too nothing harsh, harsh. not the c not yeah. the c word or anything like yeah. that but like i'll say i'll say but you know it, they they don't say it around us i'm not, i'm not stupid i'm sure my son has said it at school you know and it is tech i've seen his text messages with his friends you know it's those these middle school kids they're getting oh vulgar <laughs> it is it is crazy dude um but uh yeah man so it's it's part of life man and i think like i think one of the big it got stigmatized you know all you can do is find ways to talk to your kids about these things before they get there you got to do it before because they got to they got to know what they're getting into when it when it happens i wasn't ready for a lot of things that i was shown when i was a teenager you know i think i saw coke cocaine when i was like 16 17 mm -hmm. i i i i there was never a conversation about that you know oh, yeah. um I never did it. I, I still haven't. I've never done coke. I just never did it. But um, uh, I want my kids to have the tools and the knowledge to deal with these real world things that are going to happen to them, and and to think any different. Like, not my kid. You're you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Like this is like we. The only way we the way the best way to help our kids is to educate them in everything, and that includes sex, drugs, yeah, rock and roll. You know, <laughs> but. The the other thing uh, with your son ta talking about the <laughs> he he decided to uh, draw a bunch of face tats on his face with a sharpie uh, and I gotta ask because I was that kid were you that kid did you do that were you drawing I tattoos I didn't draw on my face I definitely did I didn't you know, do that on my yeah, arms no. but but I look but look again it's it's you know you're you're a product of the era that you live in yeah. and these kids, their favorite stars all have face tats, you yeah. know, it just makes sense. And it's like, and random badges mm -hmm. instead of like the sleeve, they're yeah. just getting like the random oh, badges yeah. and, and words and stuff. And, and it's just like, it seems silly as, as an adult now, you know, when I'm looking, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, but I'm like, I mean, that would have been me, you know, I, I was dying my hair when I was, when I was 14, 15 and, um, you know, because of green day, yeah. you know, um, now like dyeing your hair is like, it seems to be like a, like everybody does it. You yeah. Know? Um, I, I don't know how many times I've seen just regular uh, girls and guys on the streets with like blue hair or, mm -hmm. you know, purple hair. Um, yeah. I mean, look, man, the, the looks and the, uh, the face tats and, you know, you brought my wife, like she just, she just rolls her eyes. And is like, all right. <laughs> you know? Like, because it's just, it is what it is. You got to let them be kids. They're, they're trying to find themselves. And, and, um, you know, the, you do your best you can to guide them be like, don't get your haircut like that. Don't do that. You know, or, or like, 
you look ridiculous. You're like probably you going to feel stupid. 20 years. Yeah and, and yeah. I, and I mean, you know, you, 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 I'm sure you feel the same way. There are things that, that I definitely did then at that age that you look back now and you're just like, man, dumb. Man, I was dumb. But like the funny thing is too is we don't have the social media that they do. Like you're going to be reminded of this until you're a hundred. Like all of these things are just cemented on all of these social medias, and you're gonna be they're gonna keep coming up, and you're gonna be like, oh, face tattoos with the sharpie. Oh, that's right. Oh man, like I know, I know. I I, t- I tell them, you know, all the time. I mean, I got this tattoo on my leg it's an insane clown posse tattoo i didn't know at the time yes. that was an icp tat it's a juggalo <laughs> thing I, I was a fan of that the early stuff because i thought it was funny you know yeah. but nowadays i'm like ugh. but like i have this on my leg now it's just like i play shows and like people are looking at my tattoo when i walk out to the crowd and i'm like doing the thing like the rock star thing what's going on yeah i'm like they're looking at my leg <laughs> i know they're looking at my leg and they're laughing um so i will get it covered up one day um but like you know, yeah, you make those dumb mistakes. Um, the the social media thing is another thing. Like, is I tell my kids, I'm like, anything you do on this is gonna be forever. We didn't have this problem when we were in their age. When when my parents like did not have this issue, this was not a component of teenage life. You know, when uh, very lucky, then, Snap, yeah. Snapchat, Instagram, very lucky, right? If anything, it was like get off the phone. You know, like, like yeah. really. The, you're connected, the literal you're phone, to the wall. yeah. <laughs> literal phone, you know, or you're tying up the line before we had call waiting, you know. Um, but like, it's uh, such a different time now, and I, I, I'm, I hammered into my kids' heads. I'm like, you know, we take, we don't take the phone away, but we'll say, okay, hey, time to chill out for a bit, go outside. Like, we're gonna, and my kids are usually cool about it. They're not like, no, you know, yeah. don't take my phone. They're just like, all right, my daughter's super cool. She's like, all right, dad, you know. She'll do something else, you know. We're trying to like keep that. Look, man, phones are part of our lives. It just is what it is. Like, but but with wrapping up the kids thing, like I think no matter what happens, my wife and I will be happy as long as I don't care what they do, man. As long as they just grow up to be good people and they're financially smart because we're we're teaching about finance and stuff. I never got that. I finally learned things a few years ago. Trying to trying to clean my finances up. I'm getting my kids early and letting them know, uh, you know, trying to, trying to work out, stay fit. Like I want fitness and financial intelligence to be a part of their lives, you know, and then just being kind, just yeah. being kind that you don't need to be, you know, and, and it, you being kind is going to get you so much further. I was about you know? to say that, that, that's a rare quality these days. So that's an important one. It is, man. There's, there's some good people out there, man. You really do see. You going out on the road, I, you know, and I've always said this, like you, you see the humanity, you see the hospitality, you know, the, the social media stuff with all the negativity, it's, it's such a minority group of people that are making the most noise and it's just trying to divide and all the things. And you got to remember, there are good people out there and, you know, they're trying to do the right thing. Oh yeah. Um, and, and don't, don't let the all this crud like stay off man i i'm only on facebook because it helps the band yeah it helps the it helps like people get the word out you know it helps us get the word out about shows and things and otherwise i you know most of my family's dead i don't <laughs> you know like i don't have to connect with anybody you know like, yeah the that's most, a positive the most imp- <laughs> you should- yeah right right yeah the 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 most important people in my life are in my house and and 
in my band and you know i and i can text my friends when i need to it's yeah i don't need social media it's just I, for that i need it for the career yeah. <laughs> unfortunately no, no nobody really needs it to connect either honestly i mean that's i mean <clears throat> they can connect through those things like you said like the 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 people that you want to i think i think i should start doing that for everybody that loses a a family member that will be my really weird way of of consoling them will be like hey think of it this way you don't have to connect with them on Facebook. Positive? Is that? Is that? Uh, does that? No, that doesn't help you at all. Okay, sorry. I thought maybe that would be a nice thing to say to you. Um, yeah. Was that? Was that insensitive? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just trying to. Just trying to help. Um, yep. Well, I uh, I wanted to to mention a couple things about the band before we go. I did. Uh, I did notice there back in April. You guys went. It was pretty wild. I don't know if you've done this in the past. I couldn't find it, but you just you shot out to Alaska for for two shows. You just went out to Anchorage and Fairbanks, uh, and that seems like such a a wild thing to to set up. Was that? I mean, was that like a a social media? Th How did that come about? And like just two shows out in Alaska. Um, it might have been it might have been our agent. Um who had a relationship with the promoter from other bands, maybe. I know, I'm pretty sure Authority Zero went out. We're, we're good friends with Authority Zero. Yeah. And um, actually our, our manager manages them as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I say it a lot too, like I'm very surprised at like how far the music has gone. Like, you know, I get, I see Instagram stories and TikToks of like people in a grocery store in produce, like with our song on the radio, like in Australia or something, you know, it's like, yeah, it's weird. Right. But it's so, you know, the guy obviously knew the music, um, but uh, I, it would have been an agent or manager thing. Um, and it was presented to us and we were like, well, that's the last state we have to go to. Like, so, it was, so that was the first time doing it in April. That was yeah. Uh, so the one, the one in April was actually the second time we went uh, back in 2019. The end. It was like November 2019, I think, right before the pandemic hit. And uh, so that was the first time. And so that made state number 50 uh, for us. And we took a picture. They had a big mural. It says, "Well, you know, welcome to our greetings from Alaska" or something on the wall downtown. And we're standing there. I got my coffee, and we're just like, "Yeah, it was like, you know, a million miles. Like we literally traveled a million miles." You know to get there yeah um over the course of our you know at that point i think 14 years of touring um and uh we went and i mean dude and, and this time it was great we went back and uh we're just downtown uh scott our keyboard player is downtown he sends me a video of a loose yeah i like saw that walking around just walking around downtown it's just like a thing you know um the weather wasn't terrible it was like 40 50 degrees during the day and um, at, at night it wasn't bad um fairbanks was beautiful it was like a more of a country mm -hmm. area it wasn't like downtown like anchorage is and um took like a 55 minute flight on alaska air very nice uh, airline flew over the mountains beautiful uh landed in fairbanks and it was 17 degrees there uh so it was cooler no way um, but it was, it was it was a good good experience overall alaska's back on the on the list anytime you can go back up there huh yeah and i'm actually i'm like okay we've been to alaska twice we haven't been to hawaii in like 10 years can we go back to hawaii please you know so there's that we want to get back to hawaii we want to go to europe and we want to go to japan um those those will be wonderful things it's just like i guess the pandemic stuff we don't want to get caught up in any weird or um 
you know, we want to try to maximize the experience and make sure it's really good and there's no restrictions and, you know, well, nothing I, crazy going on. I was I was getting ready. Uh, that was sort of the next question. I guess that would be a, a good thing, a good answer for the question was, you know, you guys obviously have done so many things in, in the last 27 years. You've got to, you know tour different places you've got you've released albums you've seen those albums do well that kind of thing what's on the the ballyhoo checklist uh that you think is is doable you know mm-hmm. not not uh, obviously there's still the pie in the sky things that you want to happen that maybe yeah aren't so likely but what's something that you think is definitely doable like in the next year or two years that you guys haven't done that you're like we got to get it done Ideally, I want this band to be playing amphitheaters every summer. Um, that's that's the level I want to be at. Arenas would be great, but amphitheaters, I think, is is more the thing. And um, that's not going to happen in the next one to two years. But um, you know, we're building up to that. We want to play Red Rocks. We want to like, if not headline, we definitely want to like have the full band. I played a Red Rocks last me and Donald, my brother. We played with Brandon from Puff and Uglies. Did an acoustic thing, but I want to play Red Rocks with my band. You know. Yeah. Um, those are goals. Um, I'm hoping in the next year or two we can accomplish that. Um, not headlining, but definitely opening. Um, you got to be like realistic, pragmatic about these things. Yeah. You know? um, such and, a cool, uh, such a cool venue. Yeah, great venue. Um, it's, it's like the the Holy Grail, you know. Um, I think traveling abroad <clears throat> is definitely something that could happen in the next two years. We want to go to Australia. I would love to go to Australia in there because I think their summer is our winter. So yeah. it's like if we went in like February, March, like it'd be a great time to go. Um, so I would love to do that. Um, and we're, we're you know, working on an, another record right now. We're like halfway through an album. So I'm, uh, we're going to have an album out next year, like Very spring, cool. hopefully. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I think just finding more ways to engage with our our fans and the Bally Hooligans shout out to the Bally Hooligans for being awesome um you know jump you know I want to grow our discord the Bally, Hool- Bally Hooligans discord yeah uh, I have my own discord that'd be cool if people jump there too but uh growing my live stream I, I stream every Wednesday night um it's fun it usually ends up being about two hours every Wednesday night from 9 p.m eastern cool theme um, song get on listeners. there listeners cool theme song yeah it's, I, it's yeah. Oh, thanks. thanks. It's very very cool. I mean, if you haven't seen it, guys, uh, he. I mean, he's got a video of it and he's got the live stream of it. But he just he just made you know a condensed version of the actual theme song of him creating it, and it's such a cool theme song. And you just did it all yourself there, and just you know, uh, and I mean, you condensed it into a minute Instagram video that you're like, oh, so that's so that's so creative. I could not do that. I could not like i mean it's uh and it's it's, it works perfectly for the jam session thanks man yeah i i love i love editing video i love making that's so when i'm satisfying right it's satisfying man i just love i've always just loved making things man and just it's just fun once i get you know get a video all chopped up and and get it up on youtube or or instagram or something just like man this is so cool yeah it's neat it's it definitely uh, is well, now before we go, you guys just uh, re-released Front Porch, um, which you originally put out in 2010, uh, but this time it's got cashed out on it. Um, what made you uh, made the connection with Cashed Out and decide to release this again? Um, that song to me was always uh, quintessential, I guess is the word, or, or just that song was like the epitome of what we do as a band. Like it's got like this 
almost like a it is maryland beach rock it is maryland beach rock yeah it's like the, the sound and so the the main riff is like this almost glam metal uh arpeggio mm-hmm. with i like i just soak it in reverb and, and like delay like eddie van halen style just like you know like a gent gent kind of like arpeggio thing mm-hmm. and then and then it's got just that 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 2000s reggae rock groove that classic reggae rock sound um that i fell in love with um and the melody the vocal melody um and then and then and then the the subject matter which is just the vibe it's just the vibe of like sitting on the front porch or wherever with your best friend you know and i i embodied it on the cover i drew up the cover art which is the the, the two chairs the cooler with the the bottle of jameson mm-hmm. the solo cups uh and then looking out to a lake with a sunset or something like just like that that is the visual of, of that song for me you know um and so i i loved that song and it was it was huge for me i'm so glad we put it out but um so it's two months after we put it out, we we had met Greg Shields of Cashed Out and Mike Stevie. Um, they were doing their thing at Sound Lounge. They owned a studio in Orlando, Winter Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, our manager introduced us um, and they wanted to show us what they could do, like production wise. So they basically made a loop of that song and Greg wrote a hook um for like a, 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 a real chorus for the song because that song never really has like a it didn't really have like a like a big chorus to it it yeah. just kind of felt like a pre-chorus builds up and then it goes back to the verse mm-hmm. and then it builds up again and then it goes to the guitar solo and then it builds up again and then it's done it did the outro and i was aware of that but i just didn't really think of anything to add to it i thought it was good enough for what it was it just it was cool yeah um so like yeah two months after there we're meeting these guys and he's like here check this out well this this would be sick and i'm like well this is awesome you know but i really like this but we just put it out i'm not going to re-release it it would just confuse fans and it's just it's weird you know yeah at the time you know it's like it felt like it would mess with the integrity of the band or something but nowadays 12 years later uh how, how much things have changed the streaming model allows you to do anything you want you can just try things i mean Dirty Heads have like five versions of Vacation with yeah. like different people. The dude from Trains on it, they yeah. got like a, you can do, there's remixes, there's dub versions, there's, a, you know, acoustic versions, there's so many different things you can do. You know, you can have a feature uh, on a song, but then release the same song with a different feature a couple months later or whatever, yeah. you know, to just to keep the, keep the thing going. And it's, it's really wild. And I, I've embraced it, man. I, I love the streaming model doesn't pay that great but we weren't making a ton of money before anyway you know it's like if you're if you get it side note if you get into music for the money it's like do something else because it's going to take you years if, to make some if, money if this. you're not the weekend tough luck yeah man yeah 100 percent. so uh anyway um so over the over the, the pandemic where everybody's quarantining and stuff we were doing these quarantine videos mm-hmm. and one of them was the front porch and um so when when the time had come to like I was, I was like man we got to release something we haven't released anything in a while um and we, we did do that ep over christmas but um for me if it's like if you don't release anything in like six months People it feels like forgetting. a lifetime you, you, well, oh, you need to like yeah stimulate the algorithm algorithm you got to keep poking it and getting people stoked keep your plays up things like that yeah so i was like 
well, let's, I've always wanted to re-record the front porch and put it out as we intended it. Like, like I'm going to produce it the way I produce any song now, any value song or any other track I do. Really put the bells and whistles on it. And Greg can add that chorus to it. So I called up Greg. I'm like, dude, we're going to remake uh, uh, the front porch. I got the drums from the quarantine video. I'm just going to edit them and get them all good. And then we're going to track on and make, make a whole new song from it. And I was like, I would love for you to put that hook on there that you wrote like 12 years ago. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know? So he was out in California at the time and got the uh, uh, Hayden from Tunnel Vision, brought him in his studio and needed the vocals there. They sent me the Dropbox. I drop them in, finished, uh, finished mixing the song, you know, within a week or so. And we got it up and, and it just turned out so good, man. Like it just sounds sonically. It just sounds way better than it, than it, we, you know, we performed it better. Like I'd never played that riff very well back then. Yeah. It was kind of tough for me to play it, but now I play it a lot better. So just all around the performances were better and it just sounds, it sounds the way it should have, you know, all this time. And I'm just really proud of it. And, and Greg's contribution, it, it just makes it even better. So. For sure. For sure. Well, it was a long story. Hey, <laughs> it's uh, we needed it because we're getting ready to play it. So we needed nice. a little story behind it. But um, Howie, we are up against a break, man. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us. We had a great time. Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate you reaching out. And um, very, uh, very knowledgeable. That was nice. That was a good interview. Felt good. Listeners, you can check out all things Ballyhoo at BallyhooRocks.com. You can follow them on social media at Ballyhoo Rocks. And they'll be in Jacksonville, actually, with one of our former guests, uh, Hyrie, uh, on October 26th. So in just a, a couple of months, they'll be here before you know it. You want to check them out. I Make can't sure wait. to mark your calendars. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I'm sure you enjoy. We love playing. coming to Florida. I was about to say we love coming to Florida, man. Florida's like second home for us. The show's crush here. That's why all these bands keep coming here because it's just it's just awesome. It's so fun. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been coming to the shows. Thanks for all the support over the years. Um, thanks for listening to our music and uh, make sure you tune into my live stream every Wednesday night uh, on my YouTube channel and uh, hit that subscribe button, baby. There it is. There it is. Mark your calendars for the shows. Make sure you subscribe. Right now, let's take a listen to Front Porch, the way it was meant to sound 12 years ago, now with Cashed Out, <laughs> right here on the Doc G Show.
On the Doc G show, Ballyhoo, Mike. Ballyhoo. I like the name. Yeah, it's a good name. Sort of like shenanigans, you know? Mm. Ballyhoo. Okay. Mm, it's one of those things. What were you guys getting into last night? Oh, you know, the usual Ballyhoo. Say what? The <laughs> usual Ballyhoo. Hey. Yeah, shenanigans. Pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, 27 years. It's crazy. Yeah, Just it's getting a lot. it. And it's still, still psyched like it's day one, man. That's right. Still out there getting it, still putting out the the best content possible. Just doing it. Hats off to Howie, man. He's getting it done. Really enjoyed that conversation. Hopefully they'll be through Jacksonville soon. But listeners, you need to check out all their tunes. Make sure you go on Spotify. Get it done. You know, get it done. Just listen. It puts you in a good mood. 
most of their tunes just give you that good vibes. They give you that good vibes, mm-hmm. good feeling all the time. Mike, want to thank Howie for coming on the show. And now it is time for a segment that is becoming one of our favorites. Mm. Yes. The Doc G Top 3. Woohoo! There we go. Mike, uh, this week on the Doc G Top Three, I thought of uh, I was thinking I was thinking of taking a trip because there's there's somewhere that I need to go, and I'll explain it once I go down my list here. But I was thinking of some places, and I was like, you know, a long time ago, it's one of my favorite things uh, that uh, Justin, as co-host here on the show, Justin the Virgin Bat Evangelista, back in the day, uh, I think this was two thousand. 17 or 18, I can't remember which one. I asked him, I was like, Justin, do you ever uh, dream of going to see all 50 states? And without hesitation, Justin was like, no. Just like, just right, just nipped it in the, ooh, no. And I was just like, you seem so repulsive. It's too many states, man. No, I don't want to go to all those states. No, thank you. And I was like, well, that's weird, because my grandma actually went to see all 50 states. That was wow, one of the things really? she wanted to do. She's yeah, she checked them all off her list. That's a fact. And nice. before she passed away, she had seen all, and she did it way before she passed away. She did it like twenty years before she passed away. Wow. Knocked all of them off there. And then I started thinking, like, which states have I not seen that I really want to knock off my list? You know. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about it, and that's our Doc G top three for this week is the top three states we have not visited that we need to. Mm-hmm. That we want to go to. Mike, hit me with your third. Mm. I'm going to say Montana. Mm. Montana. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah. A lot of people into Montana. Yeah. It's John a big open state. There. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mountains. Lot, a lot yeah. of uh, a lot of rich celebrities. Oh, you know? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get you get rich, and uh, you don't want to be bothered by people. So, you know, you mm. get tired of the L.A. scene, you shoot your private jet out there to the middle of nowhere, Montana, and you walk around on your ranch. That's what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So I can see it. And I, and I um, um, Robbie Hunter, lead singer of Magic City Hippies, he spends a whole bunch of time out there. And, it, uh, you know, on his Instagram, there's some insane pictures that he took, and I was just like, my God, that looks like yeah. some lovely nature. And he's like, it is, dude. It is. And Robbie lived his whole life in uh, Miami. And he's like, but you go out there, it'll change your change your opinion. I was like, I don't yeah. think I need any of that in my life. And he was like, I did need it in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there you go. But still don't think I'd like the winners. Give me, <laughs> nah, no, no, no. Give me like two days in yeah. that winter and I'd be like, get me out of here. This is unnecessary. Yeah, but I'm, sure. along, I'm along the same lines. I went a little less... Uh, commercial than you did. Sort of the less, uh, I, I don't want to say gimmicky, but the less promoted one. I went Idaho, Mike. Word. Idaho. Yeah. Because it's mm. got a lot of the same, especially in the little handle of Idaho, it's got yeah. a lot of the same nature and the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of feel and vibe. So I was like, you know what? Idaho. And we've had a couple of guests that have been from Idaho, and they, 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 they've sold it. They made yeah. it sound pretty nice. So I was like, you know what? Plus, it's one of those, I mean, like Montana, people are like, oh, that's cool. It's like I got a friend out in Montana right now that's actually visiting. You know, they're taking all kinds of pictures, sending all over the world, be like, look at me on top of a mountain and stuff. You know? <laughs> it's all beautiful behind me. Yeah, <laughs> and that's cool. But like, I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's a little bit like people do that and you sort of expect it. But if you send out one from Idaho, what? Yeah. I don't know. Who's that? This is crazy. 
Are they with potatoes right now? That's insane, right? Yeah, like, just imagine know? like long, just like huge fields. Huge in Idaho. fields of just potatoes. Fields just potatoes. over mountains. Just there you yeah. But no, no, it's wide open too, man. It is wide open. That's my three. What's your two? Hmm. Two would have to be Nashville, Tennessee. Specifically Nashville. Oh, so just, so just Tennessee, a, yeah, but you're zeroing in on Nashville. Yeah. It's yeah, a town, man. Yeah. It is a town. It is it is happening. There's a mix of I mean, it it's got the nickname Nash Vegas for a reason. Yeah. There, I didn't know there, that. there is a strip vibe to it when you go down on Broadway. There is mm. definitely the same. I mean, you've got all kinds of bright and shiny neons going everywhere. Except instead of, you know, gambling, it's a bunch of honky tonks. A bunch mm. of people getting drunk and listening to tunes. That's basically yeah. it. You know? But it is it is an explosive town. Now it is sort of like Vegas in the way too. It's very annoying for like the locals and whatnot that like eighty percent of the people down there are on bachelorette parties that have like <laughs> yeah. stuck to their face. And you're like, Good <laughs> lord, can we just listen to some tunes, you a holes? But I will, I will. There's other yeah. things to see in the volunteer state, Mike. You've mm-hmm. got other things. I mean, it's not just that Memphis is killer. Shout out to Olive Branch, uh, uh, Mississippi, which is, as we know, a suburb of Memphis. Memphis mm. is killer too, and it's it's. I mean, it's just almost as much of a music town as uh, as Nashville. It's yeah, just that blues. Whole place looks cool. Yeah, it's blues the, rock, but they're mm. they're you know they're sort of opposite. Well, not opposite yeah. ends. Nashville's sort of middle of Tennessee, and then Memphis is all the way on the very west side of Tennessee. Yeah. Then you can get the very eastern side, like Knoxville and Chattanooga. Those are more on the east side. But hmm. very cool state. Good choice. Like it. Mountains, yeah. Should should go check it out. Should go yeah. check it out. My number two, you've checked it out. You just recently checked it out. Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Haven't checked it out, man. It looks, I mean, obviously I've seen tons of stuff from it. And it looks yeah. nice. Want to get out there. Want to do it. It's nice. Yeah. It's literally as as good as you think, as your as eyes advertised. are telling you. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like as good. Yeah. I like, could get wow. it. I could get it. Now, number one. What do you got, Mike? This is a random one. Okay. But I'm going to go with Vermont. <laughs> Based on the show... Based on what we've talked about with this show, based on what I've read about it, based on their, this is a weird one, COVID stats, I think they're like, they're just a really good state, low key, again, winters, but No, 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 yeah, no, I totally agree. Just ask Bernie, you know, Bernie will get down. Yeah, he knows something, yeah. He knows, he knows, and I feel like... I, I mean, I know it's not true, but I feel like you just go down through the Vermont countryside and every old man you meet, it's going to be Bernie. Yeah, like, pretty much. Uh, excuse me. What are you doing on my lawn? What what, what are you doing here? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Sir, no, uh, my bad. It's, so uh, well-spoken. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you inspire me. Uh, yeah, no, mine's sort of similar, but mine's a little bit different of a reason. My number one, Maine. Maine. And the main reason... It's our sisters in Maine, yeah. the old fat lesbians. Mm-hmm. 420 old fat lesbians. I got to see Sue and Lee. I got to go yeah. up there. I got to hang with them. I thought it might happen the second half of the summer. I don't know if it will, but I got to do it at some point in time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not going to want me up there, but you know what? I'm inviting myself, and I've done it yeah. for several. It's one of those things. I feel like <laughs> if I do it enough, they're like, oh, Jesus, I guess this is going to happen. All right. He's going to. But then you yeah. show up, and it's a party. Oh, it's sure. a party. It is going to be a party. And, Mike, they definitely 
definitely use your number two relaxation method all the time. And why not? They're retired. That's what you do when you're retired. You go to town with that last relaxation method. That's what you you do. (laughs) You do it. (laughs) It's one of my favorite Dave Chappelle stand-ups where he talks about where he's going to do all the drugs when he turns 70. Oh, so good. (laughs) Anyways, that is the Doc G Top 3. Mike is going to Vermont. He's going to Tennessee. He's going to Montana. I'm going to Maine, Hawaii, and Idaho. Mm -hmm. Got some good (laughs) states there, guys. Good states. All right, Mike, we've got two more birthday suits we got to knock out here real quick. Uh, what do you want first, basketball player or uh, rock star? Let's go basketball player. Maybe warm me up. Maybe I'll get the rock star off the confidence of hopefully knowing the basketball player. All right, this Here is my strategy. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Born on July 20th, 1975 in Merced, California, our birthday suit wearer was the son of military, so he moved around a lot. However, he settled in the town of Sumter, South Carolina. He started playing basketball all the time, became the leader on the Hillcrest High School team. He accepted a scholarship at the University of Connecticut. He was a standout player from 1993 to 1996 with the Huskies in 1996. He declared for the NBA draft and was selected fifth overall and was traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. A little uh, a little known fact about this baller, he also competed in the dunk contest in 1997. A lot of people don't remember that about him because that did not sort of typify the rest of his career. Nope. He was known much more as a shooter after that. Uh, he played with the Bucks until 2003, then he was traded to the Supersonics and played uh, with the Celtics in 2007. Then he was traded to the Heat in 2012. He retired with the Heat in 2014. Over his career, he was a two-time NBA champion, once with the Celtics, once with the Heat. With the Heat, he hit the game-winning shot to beat the Spurs Mm. uh, in the finals. He was a 10-time All-Star. He was a three-point competition winner. He was on the NBA 75th anniversary team. And side note, he played in the movie He Got Game as the high school basketball player phenom Jesus Shuttleworth. Name that birthday suit wearer. Was it Ray Allen? Ray Allen is correct. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite pairs of Jordans. The Ray Allen Jordan 7s. Love Mm. those. They're purple and black because of his Milwaukee Bucks days back when Mm. they had the purple uh, jerseys. Love them. One of my faves. One of my faves, man. He's, uh, I'll tell you. That uh, that Ray Allen, he's 47 years old. He is in shape. He is uh, in shape 47, man. Really? I got to check him out. Feel like he, he could go ball right now. That's a fact. Just do it. Just sign with a team. He's, uh, he's like uh, the director of basketball for some uh, private high school in, in, Flor- in Miami now. Oh, That's okay. what he does. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I was like, man, that's going to be crazy. Walking down the streets and you're like, or walking down the hallways of your school and you're like, Ray Allen, Ray Allen, Hall of, Hall of Famer, seventy fifth top seventy five players of all time. That's pretty cool. Definitely never did that in my school. Mm-mm. No, nobody was doing that at your school. Nobody you can't even can't not get even. lockers. You're not gonna no have seventy fifth anniversary yeah. players. 
Good lord. Uh, extra cops. Re- we get some extra police officers. You can't recruit you can't recruit a player like that if you don't have lockers. They're not gonna mm. want to come. Yeah. Are you kidding? Anyways, Ray Allen, forty seven. Looking fantastic for, him, for forty-seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I think you might be able to get this one. I don't know. I know rock is definitely not your forte as far as the music. But we'll see. It was. It once was. It once was. There was a short phase, huh? I think most of I don't know. I, I've always been like I feel like it was more fan. like pop pop rock. Yeah, rock. maybe pop rock. Yeah, probably pop rock. Yeah, it's more of my. This thing. falls into the grunge rock. Mm, okay, I got. I know All a couple right. of them. We'll see. Okay, born on July twentieth, nineteen sixty four, in Seattle, Washington. When he was nine years old, he found a collection of Beatles records in his neighbor's house, and he became obsessed. While he loved music. Uh, in his early age, that was about the only good thing going for him because he was addicted to alcohol by 13 and using several other drugs uh, at around the same age to try to uh, curb his depression, anxiety, and panic disorders. He started jamming with a couple friends as a cover band, but then changed it to original uh, songs and called the band Soundgarden in 1984. They released Bad Motor Finger in 1991, which had the popular songs Outshine and Rusty Cage. In 1994, they released Super Unknown, which had the mega hits Spoon Man and Black Hole Sun. In 1998, the band took a hiatus, and our birthday suit wearer started performing solo. In 2001, he joined the members of Rage Against the Machine to form Audio Slave. They released three albums, which had the singles Like a Stone, Show Me How to Live, Be Yourself, Doesn't Remind Me, and Revelations. Sadly, our birthday suit wearer died in 2017. Name that birthday suit wearer. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I know Soundgarden, though. I know Soundgarden, but I don't know the, uh, the lead singer's he could, name. He could sing like a mofo, man. Chris Cornell. Chris, Chris Cornell. Cornell. My goodness, could that guy sing. And uh, Audio Slave and uh, Soundgarden. Love those two bands. Just fantastic, man. Just such good bands. Hmm. I mean, Spoon Man, Black Hole Sun, Rusty yeah. Cage, Pretty Noose. So many good songs mm-hmm. with Soundgarden. Mm. Good times, man. Good times. Sadly, Chris Cornell passed away, like I said, 2017. But he would have been 58. 58. Mm. What was it? What did he die from? Was Suicide. Ugh. Yeah, Sorry, the, the the depression anxiety followed him, and it, it just, he didn't didn't get enough help, didn't didn't reach out, you know. Yeah, definitely a lot of tributes out there to him. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people miss him for sure. Yeah, like I said, it didn't matter uh, what his age was, he could still kill it. Like I mean, his yeah. his singing was just insane, uh, just so good. Anyways, happy birthday to Chris Cornell. Happy birthday to Ray Allen. Happy birthday to Giselle. All three July 20th birthdays. Mike, we need to wrap up the show. Uh, I need to tell you about the the artist we have coming on the show. Very excited. Next week, we have the fantastic band Dispatch coming on the show. Brad and Chad, founders of Dispatch. Uh, another band that I've just been fans of for years, jamming on these tunes, not not an exaggeration for 15 years, maybe a little bit more actually. Uh, nice, love their song General. Such a good sing along, such a good song in general. Uh, but we are going to have them on the show. I can't wait. 
Uh, after that, we've got Max Frost coming on the show the week after that. Just been doing big things out in L.A. Started out in Austin. It's been killing it. Uh, millions of uh, listeners on Spotify just doing his thing. Uh, but until next week, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G, with me as always, Mikey, Maximus, the Fernicus, Charette. Thank you, sir. Yep, thanks for having me, Doc G, as always, and um, great times. Great, great times. Great times. And as we know, hopefully. Very pleasing. I was about to say, hopefully we please the people out there. And if not... Let us know what we can do to please you, and we will. Huh? We will. As long as <laughs> we it's, apologize for not doing so. As long as it's not illegal, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. We will mm-hmm. get it done, and we will apologize profusely if we don't get it done. <laughs> All right. Until next week, guys. I am sorry, but we have to wrap it up. All right. <laughs> I am sorry, but until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doodah. <laughs>